more variety. The city is alive on 97.3. City 97.3. Accra. There can be no other than Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 97.3 
624. Welcome to Monday, April 24, 2023. This is the City Breakfast Show live on your dial 97.3 FM. My name is Nathan Kwa. I'm sitting in for Bernard Avila. And it's always an honor and a pleasure bringing you the biggest breakfast in town. Grab a seat and let's have breakfast. On a holiday. Join us on the number 0549-986-996-0549-986-996. On Twitter at City973, hashtag CityCBS. And if you are listening to us not via conventional radio set, then it certainly it must be via citynewsroom.com. Good morning, bonjour, buenos dias. Let's enjoy the City Breakfast Show. We start off with our business sense. Business sense brought to us by ADB. ADB is asking you a couple of questions. One, do you have an existing personal loan with them? Two, have you serviced your loan for up to 12 months or more? If you answered yes, they've got good news for you. ADB is providing you with a special personal loan top-up to meet your school and hostel fees, rent, mortgage, domestic needs, and more. With the ADB special personal loan top-up, you enjoy reduced interest rates, extended repayment period, and also maintain your existing monthly repayment amount and so much more. Call ADB on 0593-844-898 or 0593-845-845 or visit any of their branches nationwide. ADB truly a Greek and more. Our business as today comes from something Benjamin Franklin wrote many, many years ago. Now he says, if you'd be forgotten or if you will not be forgotten as soon as you are dead and rotten, write, either write things worth reading or do things worth the writing. If you will not be forgotten as soon as you are dead and rotten, either write things worth reading or do things worth the writing. So it's all about impact, really. Impact, legacy. What are you doing now that will stay for millennia? What seeds are you sowing that will grow tomorrow? And just like I shared last week, those seeds will become a tree that will give somebody shade. Effectively, what are you doing now to impact the generations that will follow? Benjamin Franklin says, either write things worth reading, so leave ideas, know-how, techniques, ethos, philosophy, leave those things behind. Or do things worth the writing. Do concrete things, big achievements, big tasks, indelible things that will be written about for many, many years to come. So as we start the week, let's think about that. We are either writing things that will guide many, many more after we are gone. Or we are doing big things that will be written about. Whatever it is, make an impact. Leave something. Leave a legacy. Let the generations that follow see that you left them something very beneficial. That's our business sense for the morning. Brought to us by ADB. ADB truly a Greek and more. We'll get into the newspaper review or the news review if there are no newspapers today. We'll find out what is happening in the world of news. This is still the City Breakfast Show. Welcome once again. 
We'll be right back after this short break. Don't go anywhere. is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. It's called a newspaper review, but there are no newspapers today. The newspapers are all chopping holiday, Charlie. But there's still a lot of news to discuss, so we'll, we'll call it the news review for today. Probably brought to us by Total Energies. Now, Total Energies is giving you quartz engine oil designed with age resistance technology. We would all love some of that in our lives. And it is what you need to get your engine or your car engine functioning very, very, very well. Now, it will protect your engine against mechanical wear by up to 74%, even under the most extreme temperature and pressure. Choosing quartz from Total Energies is choosing the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and effectively. Quartz keep your engine younger for longer. Let me welcome Richard the last guy to the breakfast show. Richard, how are you doing? Hey, my man. Baraka de Salah. Belated one to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie, yesterday we chopped the last salami. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is that Salah don't bring me some. Yeah, we <laughs> so, Sala, so, so, so who was your supplier? Yeah, oh no, I forgot to cover. Otherwise, I would be the conflict of interest. I mean, to problem. Charlie, that be the whole matter for the sisters. So, Charlie, all my Muslim brothers and sisters. No, and they celebrate you. Uh-huh. No, you are the main man for the system inside. Uh, may God bless you, including Sada Umaru, Sada Amadu. <laughs> who didn't uh, bring? Yeah, who didn't bring, bring the salad meat? And Hadia, Hadia, Kumsi. What's Mustafa? The name is Mustafa. Yeah, yeah, Mustafa. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, so that be the system. Today we don't get newspapers for here. Mm-hmm. So, mm, but, yeah. but the portals are functioning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, there are uh, what do you call it? Stories all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, if you go to myjoyonline.com, mm. okay. there is or, a story or maybe there. I should, I should start. Okay. is here. BBC is here. Star FM is here, and Asasi Radio is here. So, let me start from cityfmonline.com. Okay. The big story on the um, website is I'll help MPP retain Kumeu seat. A newly elected parliamentary candidate mm. is promising. Also, Akufuado promises to fix town roads in Sehi. Uh, another story here says MPP elects a Ernest Yao Inim as parliamentary candidate for Kumeu by election. And then also, Ashanti Region Police officer arrested for murder of his girlfriend, alleged <laughs> murder, actually. Yeah, and over the weekend, that story was really, really, really dominating a lot of the conversations. Exactly. And there are some other stories here, inclu- including one that says, John Mahama Lambast, uh, Akufuado over demolished La General Hospital. Mm. 
Um, if you go to citybusinessnews.com, mm-hmm. they also have some stories. Government must be open with stakeholders on DDEP. That's according to Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. The Ghana Statistical Service says Ghana's Q4 2022 economic growth slowed down to 3.7%. Mm. AAC signs MOU with UCC to deepen research into rice production and slow down in oil um, in oil production in Ghana warring that's according to COPEC and um, it's in relation to the latest PIAC report okay and on the banking side GT Bank slows lending and bond trading in Ghana following 77 million dollar loss okay now if you turn your attention to myjoyonline.com there is a big story there you know I did not operate mining information service Professor Frimpong Boatin responds to Gabi Autry Daco. Um, also, uh, there's a story here that, say, that says that may Allah accept your our collective prayers and make our nation great and strong. That is coming from the president um, on the celebration of, um, um, what do you call it? Um, the Eid. The Eid. And then also something here that says um, allegations contained in Professor Boateng's report are at best hearsay, according to government. Also, there's one here that says that divorce and property distribution, why pulling a Hakimi might not be the smartest thing to do in Ghana. Lawyers are explaining that position. Again, there's a story here that says jointly acquired property shall be equitably distributed upon divorce. Again, that is quoting a lawyer. And mm. then also they have uh, some other stories here on their website. Okay, you mentioned some other portals. Yes, yeah, so we have uh, Star FM. Uh, online.com.gh the big story here uh, in front of me says Kumasi police inspected arrested for alleged murder of a woman um, also another story here says Kumeu by election MPP elects NS Enim as PC parliamentary uh, candidate uh, another story here that says that Kumeu by election, MPP elects a parliamentary candidate today. That story is expired. And then Dufour congratulates Muslims for sacrifice of self-denial. Again, uh, there's a story here. Police arrest a man over extortion claim mm. against NAPAIC secretary in Bulga. Uh, if we move on to Asasi radio.com the uh, lead story here um, actually talks about uh, uh, wait let me get get hold of that okay all right whilst you do let, let's go international yeah, BBC. the bbc yes yeah. okay. says diplomats and foreign nationals evacuated from sudan mm-hmm. that was to be expected the temperature in sudan has gone up really the situation is really Charlie, really Charlie, troubling Charlie, Charlie, you know, and all of that. Other stories, 55 billion pounds redrawn from Credit Suisse before rescue. And families seeks answers over Palestinian killed by settlers. And Australia um, buying more missiles to counter China. <laughs> and then other stories, Putin's spokesman son joined Wagner in Ukraine. Very interesting dimension, some mm-hmm. of these stories, okay? And um, other other stories there as well. 
as well. Okay. Okay. Sky, I wanted to give us. Uh, if you go to asaseradio.com, um, police inspector arrested for murder of a woman in Kumasi. Um, also, NS Yawenim elected parliamentary candidate for Kumeu. Um, there is also a story from Pomboating's Galamse report. Government must prove allegations, says Samoa Ado. And then also revenue mobilization drive. ECG recoups 70% of debts in the Ashanti region. Okay. And then also there are photos um, of Nanado's visit to the chief imam on his 104th birthday. Okay. Um, uh, let's start with citynewsroom.com. Okay. And there are some political stories here. So let's start with the MPP. MPP um, uh, the MPP has... Elect. Found someone yep. to contest the parliamentary by-election mm-hmm. in Kumeu, mm-hmm. and that person is NSTR Enim. Okay, now he has promised to mend the cracks in the party to win the seat in the May 23 by-election. Mm-hmm. Mr. Enim emerged winner of the MPP's internal poll held in the constituency on Sunday. He beat off competition from his closest contender Amasewa and three others to emerge victorious. Now he said, "Quote." I know my people believe in my vision and my vision is to bring everyone together. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we are committed to ensuring peace. Everyone following me will be whipped in line mm-hmm. and will come together and understand that this victory is not just for Ernest Yaoening yeah. or my group, but everybody who's a member of our great party here. And could. Now, a bit of context for those who are wondering why there's a by-election. Well, the MP for the area passed on not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And so, pay our uh, rules and pay our constitution uh, a replacement must be found yep. so that the people of Kume will get equal representation in parliament that is why there is a by-election and it's on may 23 exactly and uh, before the by-election proper the mpp had issued a directive not a directive or perhaps advice or urge the mp uh, the police to arrest delegates who take photographs of ballot uh, city fm online um city newsroom or uh, dot com has mm-hmm. that story and says that the general secretary of the new patriotic party justin justin kodia has asked the police to arrest any delegate who will take a photograph or a picture of their ballot after voting in the party's parliamentary primaries which is underway in the kumau meu constituency mm. um, if you leave that story there's a story about the president promising to fix um, roads in the Sehi, we also constituency. And the story says the president, Nanadu Danko Ekufuadu, has reiterated government's commitment to fixing the deplorable road infrastructure of uh, Sehi, we also the capital of the Western North region by close of the year. Now, he made this known when he addressed uh, congregants of Sehi, we also diocese of the catholic church during an episcopal ordination and installation of most reverend samuel uh as a bishop there's a quote here attributed to him that says that let me assure the residents of sahiviyoso of government's commitment to completing 30 kilometers of sahiviyoso town roads work will begin soon on the uh, stabilizing links base works and surfacing now the ministry of rules and highways has assured me that the sehivioso road will be completed this year so that must be some good news okay for the people of sehivioso and let me also add the president that the road connecting denu to ho 
is in a terrible shape and no human being should be using that road so i beg uh, yeah that's right that's right the president should do something about okay. that one well um let's get to um the ndc mm -hmm. now the ndc's john mahama who's former president is promising to revive tour yes if elected again as president mm -hmm. mr mahama says the once vibrant refinery is gradually collapsing under the npp he was speaking to delegates in Ashaiman mm -hmm. to wrap up his campaign in the greater Accra region and he said he would ensure tor returned to its former glory he says quote since we left office tor has never processed crude oil again i remember before we left office we sent to tor the first batch of Ghanaian crude oil from our own oil fields for tor to process mm -hmm. that oil sat there for several years eventually they discounted the oil and sold it without processing mm -hmm. i can assure you when ndc comes back tor will stand on its feet again end quote mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's it on the political side the ndc let's not forget they are trying to find a flag bearer so mm -hmm. several names or hopefuls are going around and uh, they are hoping that they can get to lead the NDC into the next election in 2024. Okay. Um, so, what do we do? Let's turn our attention to so many... Yes, let's go to Ashanti stories. region. The Ashanti region. This is also, also on citynewsroom.com. Okay. And the police have arrested a police officer, mm -hmm. Inspector Ahmed Chumesi, mm -hmm. who is alleged to have shot and killed a female adult who was believed to be his girlfriend. The shooting incident occurred in Kumasi mm. on Thursday, April 20. The suspect, who has been on the run since the incident, was arrested at Seche, near Fijase in the Ashanti region, as a result of a special police operation mm -hmm. which was launched following the shooting incident. Oh. The suspect is currently in police custody and will be put before the court to face justice. This is a very, very, very tragic story. story. You know, Heartbreaking story. <sighs> Uh, but I, let me just urge that, um, you know, the, the the legal or the criminal process or what mm -hmm, you call mm -hmm. the criminal justice system should yes. work uh, efficiently and effectively and with dispatch okay. uh, to bring this matter to a resolution. Because uh, we have so many cases of alleged murder mm -hmm. where people are on trial, but for some reason, these matters are taking forever. Why? Why? why, why? So I'm sure they are... There are several factors. Yeah, that's right, and and it's not good for the administration of justice. So, um, it is it is it is important that uh, you know if a suspect is in custody, the police should do everything possible to process him, and um, if the evidence supports the case against the alleged case against him, mm -hmm. then the court should deal with the matter with this part. Similarly, all those other issues that are on eyes for some reason. I think it is important we owe it a duty to the families who are grieving and then those people who um, have been held or are being held as suspects mm -hmm. uh, to have the matter put to trial quickly so that we can resolve these issues because they say what uh, justice delayed is justice ultimately denied uh, meanwhile let me express my condolences to the bereaved family um, of the lady who apparently uh, was um, allegedly murdered by the police officer in the Ashanti region. So let's take you to some other stories, um, if I may. There's a story here on myjoyonline.com. Um, mm -hmm. You know I did not operate a mining information service, according to Professor uh, Frimpom Watting. He is uh, responding, apparently, 
to Gabi Otri Dako. And the story um, says that the former Envi Environment Minister, Professor Kwabena Frimpon has responded to comments made by MPP stalwart Gabi Asari Otridako concerning the former's accusation that Mr. Otridako had interfered with his anti-Galamse campaign. Now, in a 36-page document written by Professor Boating and addressed to the President, the Chief of Staff and the police, Mr. Otridako and other government officials were fingered uh, to have thwarted the then minister's attempt to fight the Galamse Mernis. Now, denying the accusation, Mr. Uh, Otridako stated that he had not asked the minister to engage in any illegality or condone the same. Now, according to the MPP stalwart, he only called the renowned medical doctor to seek information on his client, a company that had the permits to mine in the country. Now, he added that Professor Boating um, deliberately twisted his uh, mediation uh, to cause public disaffection for him. However, in a sharp uh, rebuttal, the surgeon said, quote, Mr. Gabi Ochredako, it is laughable that you claim to have called me to seek information on your client. If you needed any information, you could have called the Minerals Commission. You know I did not operate mining information services on codes. Uh, now, in his recent response, he noted that Mr. Chudako was well aware of the distraction uh, his clients were engaged in and yet chose to use his privileged position to protect them and their destructive uh, services. I've read all these, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, okay, so this one says there, this is the direct quote here that says, uh, you called me to tell me that your client had a valid mining license and all necessary permits. I told you the Heritage Imperial Company Limited did not possess documents permitting it to undertake active mining. That notwithstanding, through your intervention, the Chinese who were, in, who were arrested were released by the tax force, unquote. Uh, that's just one story on myjoyonline.com. Well, if you go mm. to citynewsroom.com, there's mm -hmm. a uh, there's that there's a similar story okay. which says Gabi has pixelated view of illegal mining landscape in Ghana. That's according to Professor Frimpon Boating. Okay, and it says the former chairman of the um, Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, Professor Frimpon Boating, has taken a dig at Gabi Otridaku, a leading member of the MPP, following the latter's response to his report on illegal small-scale mining, also known as Galamse. Professor Frimpon Boating accused Mr. Otridaku of interfering in his Galamse fight, a claim the MPP stalled in, in an exclusive interview with City News denied. So, you have the. Um, <clears throat> Professor from Pombo speaking, mm -hmm. and he's uh, you, there are quotes here that are you know very similar to what you read mm -hmm. as well. In addition, uh, the professor says, I'm no longer surprised that Mr. Gabi Otredako has a such a pixelated view mm -hmm. of the illegal mining landscape in Ghana. Okay, so what else do we do? Do we go international? Looks like. um, you want to go international? Uh, there's a story here, though, about marriage and division of uh, marital <laughs> property. All these Hakimi. Yeah, although it, you know, there have been suggestions that the the Hakimi story. story yeah, I mean, must I've, have been fake. It must have been fake. Uh, Whatever it I is, I think we're still basing a lot of uh, media discussions on it. And if you go to myjoyonline.com, there's a story here that says divorce and property distribution. Mm -hmm. Why pulling a Hakimi 
might not be the smartest thing to do in Ghana. Lawyers explain. And the story says that those hoping to hide their assets from their spouses to avoid sharing them during divorce will not get away with it under Ghanaian law. European footballer and player for French soccer team PSG, Akraf Hakimi, 24, has received some nods on social media for allegedly blindsiding his wife. Uh, Hiba Abuk, 36, by transferring his wealth into his mother's name, leaving his wife to walk out of the marriage empty-handed. Oh, these are all allegations because it's been suggested that the, that the, is, yeah, the story itself is not, is not true. Um, now, however, this uh, tactic may not work as expected in Ghana, according to a legal practitioner and partner at Morrison Tumisi and Partners, Randolph Tumisi Ankara. While it is possible to transfer wealth acquired during a marriage, doing so with the aim of enjoying the benefits of it solely is not acceptable. Now, the lawyer speaking on Joy News' The Law explained that Ghanaian law presumes that any property acquired within the cause of a marriage is jointly acquired and thus any action to be taken in connection with the said property okay. must receive the explicit consent Okay. of the other spouse it is a very nuanced um, uh, position of the law um it is not as simple as uh, people okay. make it seem. okay i'm, I'm yeah. sure i'm mm. sure we'll get into it maybe later mm. but just a quick note from sudan countries are evacuating their diplomats and citizens mm -hmm. because fighting continues to rage in Khartoum. the us and uk announced that they had flown their diplomats out of the country yeah, france germany italy and spain mm. have also been evacuating diplomats and other nationals. We'll keep an eye on Sudan and see how things play so out. We urge the parties there yeah. to smoke the peace pipe. Yep, it yep, is yep. their country. They should not allow anybody, anybody from outside or within to destroy right. it. We okay. should look at Libya and other other countries. In, 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 All right. In, in the Thank region. you, Richard. That was uh, officially the newspaper. If there are no newspapers, but yeah, we could take them like that. Anyway, yeah. they still the city back for sure. When we come back, the city business news will be on. Ah, you know you papa see that? Idiom. And it's rickety car. Hey, papa! Bobo, papa! Bobo. Oh, yeah, that's Bobo! <laughs> ah, Bobo, so have your engine now. It is half man, half amazing. Thanks to cause and you. Don't feel better energy. Can't touch this. Tell you guys, so Sancho's engine just died like that? Yes, so Somebody managed to convince him that there is a better engine oil than quartz. And he switched. Ah, Sancho Panza now, which engine oil can be better than Quartz? No other, my guy. Quartz with 8 age resistant technology, it keeps your engine... Now you know. Have you guys seen the new bottle design? It's superb. Quartz 9000 from Total Energy's Day improves fuel efficiency. Why do you think Mr. Mane and Logoso have taken the Quartz Nation Movement World Cup by that? Mr. Mane, sorry, sorry. Chema, no money. Chema, Quartz. Keep your engine younger for longer. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City yeah. Breakfast Show. Go. Obi Antony Coalition. Wait. Obi Antony Coalition. Nah. Yeah, be Obi Antony Coalition. What else? Coalition. Huh? Obi Antony Coalition. Wait. Obi Antony Coalition. Ah ba. Obi Antony Coalition. Nah. Go 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 go. Yeah. Remember when the PBM blew up on fire. 
minutes after seven there's still the city breakfast show coming up next is the city business news now mtn is bringing us the city business news and they're saying that carrying multiple phones around can be such a chore it's uncomfortable the unsightly bulge in your pocket the extra weight in your purse the stress of switching from one phone to the other to pick calls now imagine being able to switch between different numbers on the same phone easily and seamlessly you can go seamless with the empty and ECM and enjoy the convenience of connecting multiple phone numbers to one single phone or device now to check if your device is compatible simply dial star um hash zero six hash once you receive an EID number, it means your phone or device is compatible. Simply download the MyMTN app today to request your MTN SIM and enjoy the sweet, seamless life everywhere you go. If I check, I just say you the hungry. Why you yank a word that's so sharp, bossy? Me woo, yeah, the nanny I met ya say. When they make you pay, we be via say. Man, I made a bent so I fly. When we be on for handkerchief from the pen, I say. Who pay more on your money now, Eddie? What else? Nanny, I'm in ya wakano ne bebe mo. We woman usa swabi poni ne tutu. So my body don't lose that. Can't walk on my door, yeah. Everybody sing it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody sing it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Make me sing, oh, oh yeah. I say happy sing, oh, oh yeah. My win chimmy ten years, me wanka way back. My floppy, this be my payback. My enemies if for day God, men care so I don't want to disobey God. No. My try some more they may to prison. Huh? What bra money particular reason? Mo dream me home, me need to go for your meeting. Huh? Fatu was soon, I don't wanna be repeating. Yeah, me never want me home by anti money for co money no be problem. I don't need me moto to when you share me home many, let me shot to me. In your mama, your mama, me bust your phone as soon as you be ready. I won't lie. Una wuba zuna zazine munya mentina ya bravo adora Inya mawaya mamini me buzya vonina Uwade Ishirana weshra mi manebu misuya Sekwade Miwuni ya mi infanda wasireje Papakwade Waya mi gasi ya mi dasiyeje Baba Godi Baba you be too much ba ba Baba Godi Baba you be too much ba 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 Baba Godi Baba you be too much ba ba Baba Godi Baba Godi Baba Godi Baba Godi Say who pay one your money na edi Na na nya me ni awaka no na bebe mo Say who ma who saswabi boni na tutu so my body don't lose God, can't walk on my door, yeah. Everybody sing it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Five up to seven. All right, let's get into some uh, business stories. All right, let's begin with the DDEP. Now, the DDEP has been happening for a while, for those who know. Even if you didn't know, I'm sure you've been affected somehow. Now, Director of Business Operations at Dalex Finance, Joe Jackson, 
he has advised the government to open to be open sorry and be truthful with stakeholders on how it's uh, on how it implements the domestic debt exchange program in order to gain the support of stakeholders for a successful implementation the financial analysts indicated that the opposition the government has faced or had faced with the ddep could have been curtailed if the government had been clean with stakeholders from the announcement to the commencement of the program now he was on the big issue over the weekend uh, with Selom Adonu and the others, and he said, quote, this is the time for a clean talk with stakeholders. Any attempts at double speaking just creates or, or uh, just create even more doubt at the time that is volatile and uncertain. Okay, so that's coming in from um, Joe Jackson, who was on the big issue over the weekend. He added that um, it was standard practice of re-engaging your stakeholders when there were challenges to an agreement and that it would have been of benefit to the government to get back to all the stakeholders involved in the DDEP that it had hit a hurdle when it went to engage other parties involved. We start with the citybusinessnews.com and we get to other stories. And PIAC has put out its latest report and in line with that, uh, COPEC, the, uh, the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, is reacting. Now, the Chamber's Executive Secretary is Duncan Amor, and he has been talking about the decline in oil production. Now, for those who haven't read the report, Ghana's petroleum industry generated a record revenue of $1.43 billion in 2022, according to the PIAC report. And this is the highest revenue generated since the inception of oil production in the country, despite a dip in the number of oil barrels drilled in Ghana's three oil fields. Now, Dan Kanama was speaking to City Business News, and um, he said, quote, It does not look as though much is happening upstream, and for us that is a source of worry, especially if you look at how much of a haste the government is in to add additional revenue streams to its current revenue, and yet we are not doing much upstream so those are uh, copex thoughts on the dip in the country's oil production and talking about dips and um, reductions the ghana statistical service has stated that ghana's q4 2022 economic growth slowed down to 3.7 percent now according to provisional data released by the ghana statistical service the economic growth in q4 2022 slowed down to 3.7 percent compared to 5.6 percent in the same period of 2021 the non-oil gdp also declined from 6.9 percent in 2021 to 4.3 percent in q4 2022 the government had revised its growth projection down to 3.7% from 5.8% initially forecasted for 2022 due to the challenging macroeconomic environment. So that's that. Now the report also highlights that the challenging macroeconomic environment is the primary reason for the slowdown in Ghana's economy in Q4 2022. And despite all these challenges, some subsectors some sub within the economy continue to perform well, indicating the resilience of the Ghanaian economy. So that's the lowdown that's coming in from the statistical service. And then finally, if you get to some agribusiness, some agribusiness, the um, African Asian or the Asian African Consortium and 
the University of Cape Coast, they are partnering to deepen research into rice production. Now, the CEO of the Asian African Consortium, Mrs. Adlidaraba Japan, has indicated the need for collaboration between academia and industry to find solutions to the benefits or to the deficit, sorry, which exists in uh, rice production value chain in the country. Now, Adelaide Arabe Japan explains that well-thought-through research will redefine the growth of the industry and spare innovations among the youth who work in the agricultural sector. She made this comment at the signing of an MOU between the AAC, a subsidiary of the Jospon Group of Companies, and the University of Cape Coast in Accra. And according to her code, the MOU is premised on deepening research and development for the rice industry today's collaboration has given us hope and we know that the rice production will not only be the bedding of just one group of companies and quotes so those are some stories from citybusinessnews.com and the city business news segment was brought to us by mtn they are saying that simply download the my MTN, my MTN app today to request your MTN eSIM and enjoy the sweet seamless life everywhere you go. Now, to check if your device is compatible or if your device can take an eSIM, simply dial star hash 06 hash. Once you receive an EID number, it means your phone or device is compatible. Coming up next is kickoff. Kickoff is uh, the latest from the world of sport. Uh, Benjamin Nketiah is here, decked out in his Liverpool shirt. <laughs> After they beat Nottingham Forest 3-2 in one of uh, the few Premier League games that were played over the weekend. So that and a lot more coming right up. It's kickoff on the City Breakfast Show. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Seven fourteen. This still the city breakfast. You can send me your thoughts on zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. Coming up next is kickoff. A wrap of the latest from the world of sport, brought to us by Lecheho. Lecheho is saying that for over a decade they've been supporting investment goals of their customers with attractive solutions. If you didn't know, now you know. Open a fixed deposit account with them now. Call them on zero five double seven seven zero seven seven hundred. Lecheho, let's improve life. Kickoff is also brought to us by Shell. Shell uh, has the Shell V Power. They've got the Shell Fuel Safe Super and the Shell Fuel Safe Diesel. Shell Fuel designed to last longer. Now, the Shell Fuel Safe uh, is designed with triple action and improves engine efficiency, prevents deposit buildup, and protects your engine from man corrosion for extra clean, extra protection, and extra savings, giving you extra kilometers out of your drive. So, switch to Shell Fuel Safe today because extra kilometers go a long way. Shell, go well. All right, Benjamin Nikitia is here. It's ready. It's time for kickoff.
Benjamin Nketiah here with kickoff. In the headlines, Kotoko beat Diana Stars to move into the top four in the Ghana Premier League. Manchester United set up final with rivals Manchester City in the FA Cup. And in the NBA playoffs, there were wins for the Knicks, the Timberwolves and the Boston Celtics. Let's begin with the Ghana Premier League match week 27. Kumasi Asante Kotoko, they took on rivals Adriana Stars in what was a cracker. Asante Kotoko coming out 2-1 victors in that game. Uh, three points in the back for them. They also moved into the top four with that particular result. Let's get some reaction from the managers. Abdullah Ghazale is assistant manager of Kumasi Asante Kotoko and Parkwisi Fabian is head coach of Adriana Stars. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that the players have reacted very quickly because we started slowly. Technically, we were doing everything right. But unfortunately, uh, individually, Augustine was not able to defend Jimfield well. So we considered an early goal and the players, they were able to come back quickly and then we equalized the goal. In fact, they have they have done what, whatever thing that we are asking to do at the training grounds. Even though we made small mistakes that we have to go back and correct. But what we needed was the, the three maximum points and we had it. Defensively, average. I thought uh, we could have, we should have won the game because we could a lot of chances but then we flopped them and then we got punished what didn't work right for your side i believe the the onset of the rain also disturbed our pattern of play and then that uh, uh, did not help us at all you must be worried as a coach if you want to win the league and you are not clinical enough up front yes i am i thought uh, we could have we could have killed this game i mean we, we, we should have won by a lot of goals but no, we missed them all and then this association football when you get the opponent and you don't kill him he gets you and then he punishes you for that. So you heard Abdullah Ghazali and Parkwesi Fabian. Let's move on to the camp of Accra Hartofolk. They lost by one goal to nil to Bechem United. And Bechem United picking up all three points in that one. Let's hear from physical trainer of Accra Hartofolk, Enoch Daite. He spoke on behalf of interim coach David Oklu, who was red carded for misconduct. The outcome is not bad. If we have the chance to win, it's good. If we, if we don't win, it's good. Whatever happens, we just take it for, I mean, in our faith. But we go home to, I mean, work on our errors, then we attack the next game. That's all. I didn't see the red card. I didn't see the red card. I was watching elsewhere. Uh, you know, football is, I mean, win, draw, or lose. So we believe in the coach. We believe what he can do. He gave a tactical plan that the players listen to it and they work according to the plan. So when the coach leaves, it doesn't take any effect. So, I mean, whatever he done to the, the club is very good. Let's get to the camp of Bechem United and hear from their head coach, Kasim Mengo Okansi. He was happy with the performance of his players. Very fantastic from my boys. They played the way we plan to play. They play according to the system we adopted to come and play this man. So, I congratulate them for winning. The strategy we adopted to use for this particular match and it worked to perfection. We squandered a lot of chances We had very about three or four goals in the match. It was obvious goal. The goals were easier to score than to miss. But unfortunately for us, we had one. That's what God had given us. So we'll take it like that. Kasim Mengo Okanse is head coach of Bechim United. Let's get to some other results from the game round in Swatraman. They beat Kim Faisal by one goal to nil. Dreams FC were also up against Samatex. Dreams winning by two goals to nil. Great Olympics, they continued to struggle. Could not get a win at home. Drawing 1-1 against Tamale City. And then Bibiani Gold Stars were at the losing end when they played at home. Brickham Chelsea beating Bibiani Gold Stars also by one goal to nil. Karela FC also did not make home 
advantage count when they took on struggling Legon Cities. Now, Legon Cities are trying to stay afloat in the Ghana Premier League. Picked up valuable three points on the road. Accra Lions Day were impressive. Scored four goals against Mediama. Game ended 4-2. And then Kotoku Royals and Real Tamala United uh, played out a stalemate goalless in that game. Um, let's get to the English Premier League and uh, the FA Cup. There was a mix of that over the weekend. Uh, let's start off with the FA Cup semi-finals where Manchester United, they beat Brighton and Hove Albion on penalty 7-6 is how uh, that one ended. Let's hear from Eric Ten Hag speaking after his team's victory. First, we are physical, strong, and we are mentally strong. So we showed the character and the personality what is necessary had to do that. And I can tell you it's not so easy, uh, but uh, we did it. I think we were determined to win this game. We have proof. We have proven that we could beat them, but then we have to play the perfect game. I think for me still that was the perfect game uh, we, we, we played this season, and, but we have to go again. We, we know that, but first of all, we have to focus on different occasions, uh, on different uh, games, because we have to be in the top four uh, to get into the Champions League for next season. It's not For me, it's not about that. I want to win every game. It doesn't matter who is the opponent. And this opponent, Brighton, I have to give them, for instance, a lot of credit. And it's also a great team. But... So you had Man United manager Eric Ten Hag speaking there. Now Manchester City, they also beat Sheffield United by three goals to nail Riyad Mahrez with a hat-trick in that particular game. He was delighted with their progression to the finals. Oh, it's very good, it's very good. But the most important is after two or three years in a row, we came here in the semi-final. We always lost and we didn't really play good. And today we really, we really wanted to make sure that we put a good performance and, uh, and, and we go to the final. I think we had a, a good game and uh, we're happy to go to the final of the FA Cup. Yeah. I think it's a collective, uh, collective uh, performance which was very good and we took the game really seriously and uh, serious and, and, uh, and that's why we are, we are good. Yeah. Riyad Mahrez plays for Manchester City. Let's get to the Premier League and Arsenal Football Club. They dropped valuable points en route to uh, what is uh, staring up to be a very crucial title race between themselves and Manchester City. 3-3, they drew with bottom place Southampton. Arsenal's manager is Mikel Arteta. He disagrees with assertions that his players lack confidence. But I don't see a lack of confidence. You know, when a team is able to do that, normally players start to hide. And I play there and players start to hide in certain moments and I didn't see a single player doing that they were not willing to take risk to take the initiative that's why we created the chance that we created that's why we go back 3-1 to 3-3 and I should have won the game so the confidence is that it's those moments yeah you need to cut you cannot at this level you cannot uh, give the goals away that uh, that we have given simple as that Miguel Arteta is Arsenal manager. Now, Liverpool Football Club, they also won 3-2 against Nottingham Forest. There was Newcastle United with the result of the round. They pounded Tottenham Hotspur by six goals to one. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur going through um, a mini-crisis over there. Now, Fulham Football Club, they beat Leeds United by two goals to one. Brentford drew 1-1 with Aston Villa. Crystal Palace played out a goalless draw with Everton. Leicester, they picked up a very important 2-1 win over Wolves and AFC Bournemouth also lost 4-0 to West Ham United. Let's do some boxing 
and Devonta Davis. He delivered a stunning body shot to stop Ryan Garcia in the seventh round and uh, ended one of boxing's most eagerly awaited fights in recent history. Now, Davis improved to 29-0 with all but two of his victories coming via knockdowns. Now, it was the first defeat for Garcia, who won 19 of his first 23 fights by KO. Now, Davis had also sent Garcia to the mat with a roundhouse left in the second round and spent most of uh, the fight working uh, the body. So, uh, Gavonta Tank Davis uh, is the boss, according to uh, that catchweight bout. Let's finish off with some... Um, action from the NBA playoffs. Now, the New York Knicks, they have taken a 3-1 series lead against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jalen Brunson leading the Knicks with 29 points in that game. RJ Barrett also scoring 26 in that game as well. Donovan Mitchell failing to show up in that encounter. In the series between the Kings and the Warriors, the Warriors have tied that series. Um, the game ended 125-126. Very close game there. So, uh, Sacramento will go back home, uh, see what they can do with that one. The Boston Celtics have also taken a 3-1 series lead against the Atlanta Hawks. 129-121 is how that one ended. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both scoring 31 points in that game. And then, it was Anthony Edwards leading the Timberwolves to victory over the Nuggets. It's 3-1. The Nuggets lead in that series, but the Timberwolves not going down without a fight. Edwards scored 34 points in that game, so um, they are hanging in there. That game was won in overtime. And that's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia, the small sport at City Sports. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Health Tidbits is brought to you by the Yahoo Medical Center. Welcome to Yahoo Health in the City. Today is about matters of the heart, which is a vital organ that pumps blood throughout the body. And any issue in its functioning can lead to various health problems such as coronary artery disease or CAD. CAD occurs when the arteries that supply blood to the heart become narrow and hardened due to a buildup of cholesterol and other substances. This can lead to chest pain, shortness of breath, and even heart attacks. Preventive measures of CAD include maintaining a healthy diet, regular exercise, avoiding smoking and excessive alcohol consumption, as well as managing high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. A cardiologist is a doctor who specializes in treating problems with the heart and blood vessels. They treat or help prevent a variety of cardiovascular issues. They may treat CAD with medication, recommend lifestyle changes, and in severe cases, surgery. Seek expert advice on any concern you may have about the state of your heart. Call or WhatsApp us on 050-143-6662 for further inquiries or follow Nyahoo Medical Center on social media for more health in the city tips. Nyahoo, improving your quality of life. Health Tidbits was brought to you by the Nyahoo Medical Center. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Yeah. We show. Sure? 
Everybody get your own blessing. I touch my nasu with the aso. So why you the hate man? By the time I'm ready, so better when I be drew. I'm on only my timbal and they bought me baseline. If you say me you my hint, if you chink, cause you have my chin, I go through. I'm in the daytime. If you say I'm a drummer, where the love at? Eating I'm a friend, I know the call back. I feel like me who's the fame, no be all that. I'm watching the bank, everybody go fall back. So when the good time comes, I'm gonna pile up for the countryside. If you don't wanna go see the people, we stack for the ride inside. They go see me for the countryside. If you die, they go see me, oh, oh. They go follow my damn go, oh, oh. For countryside. If you die, they go see me, oh, oh. They go follow my damn go, oh, oh. For countryside. If you die, they go see me, oh, oh. They go follow my damn go, oh, oh. For countryside. If you die, they go see me, oh, oh. They go follow my damn go, oh, oh. For countryside. Think about the place where I came from eh? And all the things that I've been to It's kind of funny how you wanna say something Say be happy me say more me soon Cause I started off broke I'm with me I'm a call but then don't choke Nobody for try me if you know the ones I know it's hard but I'm giving you all hope When you're feeling like the world is against you And you're back against the wall God is gonna send you an angel Yeah me baby I go rise when you fall so Don't stop, stay strong You know be overnight it will take long When you go ten times down, you go rise ten times up. Sing along. Are we sure? Can you hear this song? If you hear this song, get your kicks on. No time, my brother. We gone. We gone. You know, me a grown no more. We don't feel like I'm no more. No more. They go see me for countryside. If you die, they go see me. They go follow my damn go. For countryside. If you die, they go see me. Seven thirty-eight. Music from Sarkodie, featuring Black O. They call this one Countryside. This is one of my favorites. Send your messages on 0549-986-996. How are you enjoying your holiday? April 24, 2023. Remember, later this morning, we have the April session of EdTech Monday. A program or a monthly chit-chat talking about technology and education. So join us. I'll be giving you details a little later. Oh yeah, let, let, me, let me just tell you what we are discussing this morning. 
today we are talking digital literacy a crucial component of 21st century skills digital literacy crucial components of 21st century skills so i'll be joined by three very wonderful people who know their stuff people who are doing big things in the edtech space <laughs> but what if i told you that first things first what if i told you that there were things etched in stone things that would never change and what if i told you that the number one always came before two and that a always came before b in the alphabet so what if i told you that at fbn bank our goal is to put you our cherished customer first what if i told you that our financial services offered the gold standard of value and excellence that's why you need to bank with fbn bank when you think of a bank that cares and puts its customers first put the b before the end think fbn bank you first Imperial General Assurance is saying that your insurance experience should be memorable. When you insure with them, you have the peace of mind to focus on what matters to you because they will be there for you when the unexpected happens. Now, they've brought the Imperial Travel, which gives you total cover for all your travels outside Ghana. You can talk to them on 0302788955 or 0577667436 or talk to their insurance uh, talk to your insurance broker or any of their agents nationwide imperial general assurance solid protection the bianca company limited is proud to support the local poultry industry and they've introduced a cocoa tasty in that regard a cocoa tasty is locally produced bread and slaughtered and it comes freshly portioned in chicken breast thighs wings backs and gizzards la bianca is the sole distributor of a cocoa tasty call la bianca on zero five zero five four three one 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 for more inquiries la bianca your number one frozen foods company my mystery box is somewhere very near i feel it inside me i'm feeling very weird something where they chase for years back in the days if you told me i would see this flag waving i won't believe you no because how far could i yeah I'm too close, I can feel it. Something is vibrating inside me, I'm celebrating. But outside, they kill me. My own self, they kill me. My own anxiety, my inferiority. What, 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 what? Ah, them all, they kill me. Them all, they kill me. And I don't feel okay. My heart is beating so fast. So fast. So fast. Oh, soldier, 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 soldier. Stand and beat your chest. Here they come, here they come, here they come. No make them catch you off guard. Don't let them catch your skin, no. Oh, soldier, 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 soldier. Stand and beat your chest. Here they come, here they come, here they come. No make them catch you off guard. Don't let them catch your skin, no. Cause you know how we be, my Shela. Streets getting colder, they bury my brother's spirit. You know if it's time proper, it is shaky. You know if it's time proper, it is shaky. 742. They still the city breakfast show. Sending your messages on 0549 986 996. 
my own anxiety. Let's do a few birthday uh, dedications. Richard, do you have, do you have a birthday? Yes, 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 Charlie, my brother. Today is the birthday of a very, very special, special friend of mine. Uh, my senior brother, but my childhood friend, Bill Godson Oklu of Adafianu in the Ketu South um, Municipal Assembly of the Volta region. Uh, we grew up together. Um, you know, we attended Adafianu uh, Junior High uh, School, which, which used to be the JSS together. And um, got a big brother and a protector. And uh, you're celebrating your birthday today. You're a great, great, great guy. We used to call him Major. <laughs> Major. Major. He was protecting us those days when other people were trying to intimidate <laughs> us. Yeah, today he's a big, 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 big man. And he's celebrating his birthday. Major, I appreciate everything that uh, um, you, you have done and still continue to do. And may the Lord God continue to bless you with all the favors you can find in the world. And may you reach impossible places. God's favor will continue to find you and your family. And this day I rejoice with you, my brother. Major, major, major. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one says, happy blessed birthday to Cindy Yasikakusi, CEO of Hamp A Gift. May you enjoy grace in your new year. That's coming from T Nairo. My own anxiety, my inferiority, what what they kill me. Damn they kill me. Damn they kill me. And I don't feel okay. My heart is beating so fast. So fast, yo. So so fast. Oh, soldier, 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 soldier. Stand and beat your chest. Did it come? Did it come? Did it come? No, make them catch you off guard. Don't let them catch your skin, no. Now you're looking for a bank that understands you and puts your financial needs first. Don't look, don't look too far. Zenith Bank is your bank of choice, and we have tailor-made products just for you. Whether you are young, old, an entrepreneur, student, a salaried worker, corporate entity, SME, pensioner, parent, anybody, just bank with Zenith. Talk to them on 0302-680-884 or 0307-086-370 or email them at <laughs> info at zenithbank.com Zenith Bank in your best interest now you contribute to the textile industry every time you wear your authentic fabrics now GTP says thank you always purchase original genuine and authentic GTP fabrics check that the design number on the label is also printed on the salvage contact uh, GTP on 050 9940949 to buy online or visit any of the accredited dealers nationwide or visit any wooden shop gtp life styled now everyone is looking for that one thing that pushes them to bring out their best and enables them to reach peak performance your car wants the same thing too that's why you need to give a shell helix engine oil lubricants moon cost shell helix is designed to bring out the best from your engine protecting it from wear and tear while providing the power and performance needed to give you the best ride every time visit your local shell station today and experience the difference for yourself my own anxiety, my inferiority, what what they kill me? Damn how they kill me. Damn how they kill me. 
All right, let's do a few more birthday dedications. Okay, so this one is coming in from Henry in Kofoedia, who says that happy awesome birthday to my boss and father, chief of staff, Julius Debra. No, we are all associating (laughs) (laughs) ourselves with this this, uh, birthday dedication. May God and Allah continue to bless, protect, and grant him strength and a healthy, prosperous life. Uh, this is coming in from Prince Henry, uh, you know, in Kufuidia. And we are plugging into this, um, you know, Chief of Staff, um, Judas Debra. Solid, solid, solid guy. Solid, solid, solid human being. And uh, this one is coming in from uh, Clenham and Kwame. And they say, good morning. Please wish a happy birthday to these virtuous uh, women. Gifty, Maunyo, Hunuche, and uh, Golda Loko. For all their selfless sacrifices, may the God or the good Lord continue to bless them immensely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm riding my rams on the biggest pad My people be watching, they think it's mad I'm laughing and grinning because I just roll up and pick up the money in the biggest bag In 2020, we'll be rolling hard That be why the bang, I be going hard You think that be slow when they see what we doing We give you the music, we're going far We're headed for the top now, never gonna stop now Never gonna flop now, keep it going And we're never gonna drop now, so you better stop now Never gonna tap now, we be going You people think it be joking and really funny Look at the ratings, they be checking your silly money We taking everything you're putting on the table We're leaving you disabled, you only get a silly dummy They call me the chief, oh yeah, oh yeah Big boy never sleep, oh yeah, oh yeah Put the rap on fleek, oh yeah, oh yeah Put the 363, oh yeah, oh yeah They call me the chief, oh yeah, oh yeah Big boy never sleep, oh yeah, oh yeah Put the rap on fleek, oh yeah, oh yeah With a 363, oh yeah, oh yeah I take a pause and I breathe and I know this And then I roll with the best and the coldest You know I got more skills and I show this The sub zero weather, you never hold this You never mess with the figure man Hyper quick, you blink and it's a trigger man Type of guy you wrote with the trigger man Rock and stay the shot, that's the bigger man Yeah, I got my people saying DBDB Charlie what more, we're looking for the CD CD And then we take a minute, the same GDG and they'll be calling us bad, the same DDDD We're doing every day, we're bug busy busy Who be the boss, they be asking mini mini I'm living them with the tension, the heavy GB So right now, it be fiddy fiddy So no giddy giddy They call me the chief Oh yeah, oh yeah Big boy never sleep Oh yeah, oh yeah Put the rap on 749 Oh yeah, put the 363 Let's do the city break for sure Chief, oh yeah, oh yeah Big boy never sleep Oh yeah, oh yeah Put the rap on Charlie, well, that be you singing the song, eh? So, yeah, a gentleman who says he's Nathan I don't even know that <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who he is Nathan the flow <laughs> <laughs> no, Charlie, no, that'd be deadly, deadly. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be later. But if you announce yourself, say that'd be you. Yeah. Well, Charlie, so, so, that's why yeah. people would talk conflict of interest. So. <laughs> conflict of interest matter. <laughs> Alright, now between Friday and now, so Friday, we're talking about um, Galam Say. So, oh, yeah. Professor Frimpom Boating, a, a report he authored two years ago and it was meant for the government consumption. Managed to find its way into the public space. It's generated a lot of um, conversations. You never mess up with the figure, man. Several people have been reacting. Trigger, now, on Friday, we asked a question and it was Godfred who asked that question. And Godfred is here, thankfully. Mm-hmm. He asked the question. He said he would want to hear from the government. 
but in the government heard him or maybe the government had already prepared a response nobody knows i'm leaving them with the tension the hbgb so right now it be 50 50 so no getting they call me the chief. and so the government put out a press release dated april 21 2023 it's not the longest of press releases but they try to address a lot of the things raised in the report oh, yeah, oh, put yeah. together by professor kwabna frimpon boating now for context sake professor kwabna frimpon boating who was the um, chairperson of the Eswell Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, what was called the IMSIN, mm-hmm. because we recognize that Galamse was multifaceted, it touched several sectors. So they brought them together to see how best they could fight Galamse. We've had several people reacting. Lord Comey has spoken, Gabi Asarachi Dakon has spoken, Charles Bissu himself, Charles Bissu has spoken. He was a secretary mm-hmm. uh, to this committee. Professor yes, Professor Kwam has also spoken. Thank you very much. And now the presidency has spoken. And I think um, the the other guy at the presidency, um, I think he's a staffer. I forgot mm. his name. Uh, okay. Niteku. Niteku. Charles Niteku Tegu. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so we have this uh, release from the government. So this from this from the seat of government, mm-hmm. the flag staffers, the presidency re- has reacted to. Um, Okay, so the, the, the statement... This is Eugene responding. This is Eugene. This, yeah. this, on behalf of the president. Of the yeah. president. So, yes. um, with your permission, I'll read in full. Yes, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the longest of press exactly. release. So. so, it was issued on the 21st of April 2023. And um, it says, press statement on Professor Frimpong-Wating's report. The statement says that the attention of the office of the president has been drawn to a publication in the media, ostensibly quoting from a document authored by the former Minister of Environment, Science and Technology and Innovation and Chairperson of the Eswal Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, IMSIM, Professor Kwabena Frimpong-Boating, which allegedly imputes wrongdoing on the part of some government appointees in the fight against Galamse. Now, at the outset, it must be pointed out that the document being discussed was not an official report formally delivered to the Office of the President. On the contrary, it can only be rightly referred to as a catalogue of personal grievances and claims made by Professor Frimpong-Boating, intended to respond to some issues he faced as chairperson of the INSIM. Now, the document was handed to the Chief of Staff at the Office of the President on March 19, 2021, in a form, an informal meeting where Professor Frempon complained about public attacks and criticisms made about his tenure as chairperson of the IMSIM. Now, this was after Professor Frempon tenure as minister had not been re- renewed by the President of the Republic in his second term. Now, the document did not have a transmittal or cover letter, nor indeed an addressee such as to suggest that it was submitted to the Chief of Staff for action. It is noteworthy that the IMSIM was a creature of cabinet and any formal report on its activities would normally be submitted to cabinet through the cabinet secretary or directly to the President of the Republic as chairperson of cabinet. Till date, Professor Frimpong-Boating has done neither. Now, it is important also to point out that whilst Professor Frimpong-Boating makes serious allegations against some government appointees as having been involved in supporting or interfering with the fight against illegal mining, not a single piece of evidence was adduced or presented to enable the claims to be properly investigated. Indeed, the allegations contained in the document are at best hearsay. 
It is instructive that since Professor Frempon Boateng's meeting with the Chief of Staff in March 2021, he has taken no step or acted in furtherance of the matters contained in the document. Now, the President's commitment to fighting illegal mining is unassailable. And the Office of the President welcomes any information on illegal mining activities which provides a credible basis for investigations to be conducted by the Criminal Investigations Department of the Ghana Police Service. Finally, we continue to count on the cooperation of the general public. End statement. And apparently, this is coming in from the President's uh, office, um, ostensibly issued by um, his spokesperson, Eugene Ahi, who is also the Director of Communications. So, yeah, so that's uh, the response from um, the presidency. And um, <laughs> not too long, like I said, but it sought to um, respond to the 36 page document put out by Professor Frimpong. Boating, mm -hmm. who's who was the chairperson of the interministerial committee on illegal mining, and like I said, that report surfaced last week, mm -hmm. and several people have been reacting. So this reaction has come in from the president. Eugene mm -hmm. has has given a response, has given uh, the government's response. Mm -hmm. To uh, that, Godfrey, you were the one who said if anybody had questions, you said several people had things to answer. The presidency has sought to answer the question posed to it by uh, Professor Frimpon Boati, and it's described it as he says, Look, it's a lot of hearsay, it wasn't part of a formal report, this was handed to the president informally. I, I don't know what you make of the response. Sounds like the, <laughs> the war against Galamsey, as I said, nobody has interest in it. <clears throat> Obviously, from the powers that be. This they, they talk a good game. I must admit, they talk a fantastic <laughs> game. And have spent considerable resources propping up the game that they are talking. But obviously, the kind of deep action that is required to stop this mm. is not there. And it is reinforced by this. The statement. Yes. Imsum was Imsum was disbanded in January of 2021. This was submitted March 19th, 2021. If this is not what the government was expecting, according to the government, this is not an official report formally delivered to the office of the president. Yes. Where is Imsim's official report? <clears throat> Who would have authored Imsim's official report? Mm. It's been two years. Okay. If this is not it, where is it? Because certainly there should have been one. Listening to, um, reading the documents that came with Professor Pomboatin's, you know, some of the things he said. He said what he sent. Mm -hmm. And I think this document does not make that acknowledgement. It says that the document was handed to the Chief of Staff at the Office of the President on March 19th, 2021 in an informal meeting. 
According to Professor Frimpong Boateng, he was asked by the chief of staff to prepare a report. Okay. Which he handed over. Formal, informal, whatever. But the so report went from him, him to, to her. Okay. So what he sent was upon request. So why did the chief of staff make that request of him? Unless this statement is saying that, because this statement does acknowledge that it was handed over to the chief of staff. But this statement does not tell us why he decided to bring a report, how, how, however informal or however unofficial it may be. Because he could have put it on his Facebook page then. <coughs> you understand? Yeah. Again, my disappointment stems from the fact that this makes it look like, and I blame Professor Fumbo Watson for this. Oh. Oh, yes. I, I said this on Friday, I'm just repeating it in the sense that his image has taken a huge beat from becoming a politician. Mm. His otherwise sterling reputation. And that is why you can get a line that makes it look like he, he just, was, he was yeah. aggrieved and decided to send that 32 pages of grievances. You see? Because he says, actually, this was after Professor Frimpon Boatin's tenure as minister had not been renewed by the President of the Republic in his second term. Of what import is that? Did we not know? <laughs> what, what, you, you, you see? I, 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 you get, I get, you get, you I, get I, where I, this I, is I, going. I, yes. So it makes it look like, oh, this thing is now out, out of whatever. But at that time, what was going on? Disbanded in January. Document sent in March. March. What had happened between that period? So, it says it is noteworthy that uh, the MCM was a So, then outlines the processes. So, uh, there should have been a transmitter or cover letter, which it did not have, uh, such as to suggest that it was submitted to the Chief of Staff for action. It's a creature of cabinet and any formal report on its activities would normally be submitted to cabinet with the cabinet secretary. So this is what should have happened according to the presidency, yeah. not what Professor Frimpon Boatin did mm -hmm. when he handed over that 32-page document. So I'm saying, where then is the Imsim's official report? Two years. So now, the, are, are they telling us there's no official report of Imsim's activities? So Professor Frimpon Boatin and Galam Stop and all the money and all the things that mm -hmm. they did by his informal set of grievances, all 32 pages of it, there is no account anywhere of what Imsim did. Parliament should, should be calling them and asking questions. We wasted money. Is that what it is? Is that what this document is telling us? Indeed, the allegations contained in the document are at best hearsay. It is instructed to Professor Frimpong Boatin again. You see, he sat down I, said, I blame him. Wrote 32, pages 32 pages of hearsay. You see, I, I blame him. I blame him. Other than that, who would dare that Professor Frimpong Boatin sits down to say that this, this, and this, and this? Okay. His integrity is so far gone that now he chooses to write 32 pages of spurious <laughs> allegations mentions people's names but the thing here is this you see, and the reason why i'm saying it would have been interesting at least for the government to show interest two years ago when he sent that yes and i i made this point again on friday and i repeat it there was nobody at that point who would have had more information than than professor frimpong boating you cannot deny it 
he was the chair of the interministerial committee, committee on, illegal, on mining. illegal mining in this country a committee that had 10 ministries working together that had the army that had police that had everything every report every allegation every rumor that was whispered would have been whispered to him as well so spurious allegation or not when he puts it on a piece of paper look into it tell us that we have looked into it and when we looked into it based on a b c d we can tell you that it was a, a spurious grievance made by professor Fripon Boatin, born out of anger born out of something because his mandate had not been renewed as you are seeking to tell us by these documents that you have sent they have not been fed the man like i said he's, he should also take responsibility for it i'm i'm curious about why is it is it because of the timing or it's not because of the timing i'm simply saying that if if or it, it is easy it is them. easy no it's not about then it is easy to say to issue something like this based on i'm saying if uh, a decade ago for something bob pointing had or said a document like this who in this country we say Professor Frimpon Bwati was making spurious allegations. You tell me. If a decade ago, Professor Frimpon Bwati sits down and utters a 32-page document and says, this and this and this and this is what has gone on, who in this country will say we should not take him seriously? Who? From the presidency to the whatever, the levels Professor Frimpon Bwati has attained in this life, in academia, in professional medical care, in this country, globally, who? But then you become minister of something <laughs> in this country. And this is what will happen. Because in my mind, there is no proper, genuine attempt to deal with this Galamsey issue. Other than that, we have this statement. Fine. You've told us what you want to say. I will go ahead and make another request. Where is the IMSIM's official report? Did the chief of staff request for that? the committee itself who is who is authoring it who authored it if it was where is it you see because you say he makes grievous allegations and blah. we read the report some of the things that happened with there were journalists on the ground some of the things these are not things some of them happened in all kinds of places all kinds of names were mentioned yeah. so if you look at professor from pom level as a minister or something there were people who would be considered uh there were there were press attaches of some kind in there <laughs> at what level of his operations does professor from to come into contact with those kind of people at his level for him to mention their names for him to pick up phone and call them for them to pick up phone and call him okay so for the first part of this conversation all i'm saying is We've heard from the presidency. I, I am particularly disappointed by the tone of it. Yeah. By how it has been designed to make it look like basically these the man are, is out of his mind. Yeah. These are <laughs> you know ravings of a of yeah, a mad person. Not, but no, ravings of somebody who is upset with the yeah. system. But even if he's upset with the system, him being upset will not take away the it fact doesn't that take he, away the, he has said A, B, C, D about certain stuff. groups of people, about certain entities. I'm saying the best way to clear them is not to tell us that, oh, the man is upset, so he's made spurious allegations and hearsay. When we read it, we thought it was hearsay. Oh, he mentioned uh, 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 this person's name. 
okay he mentioned this person's name oh so he mentioned this person's name oh so so for all the names that were mentioned who looked into it how did you look into it that is what you must now establish for us other than that why should i if 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 professor Frim, we, are, we are to believe that professor frimpon watson's report was authored and the government's position on the matter is that it was uh, uh, what uh, it, it is the doc- yeah, at best hearsay so and he, he, <laughs> why should we believe you that's the point i'm making why should we take your word for it suddenly i'm, I'm supposed to trust that the government look says okay all 32 yeah. away and to think that this was a man no. who the government itself created a committee and asked him to supervise their work no and Come on. when he comes back with <laughs> his findings we said we don't they should, they should not do that they should not do that I sit here and I say the professor from Paul Mbwati's allegations uh, hearsay the as government the government should look into it. No, 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 no. It is what it is. Anybody who has a problem, I'm saying that's why I said this will end up in court. If you don't like it that your name has been mentioned, let's go to court. Let's talk about it there. Okay? But I do not think that at this point, you see, and the reason why the government will struggle to convince Ghanaians is so if everything is to be disbelieved who is doing the illegal mining <laughs> obviously the thing is going on so the mining that is happening in the areas that he mentioned have we not been to these areas yeah, we have. illegal mining is not going on there so those ones are not allega- those ones are also hearsay the fact that the places that he listed up, <laughs> so there's no legal mining in the Papa forest did we not cover it? Kujaj, Kujaj, where is Kujajima? Somebody should put Kujajima on there. Like, was he not there? The uh, other forest that was named, was mm-hmm. he not there? Mm-hmm. Was, wasn't Honorable Asuma Chairman on the grounds at the Prama Forest telling people that you are exceeding your licenses? He was there. Kujajima was there. We had a camera there. I don't need the government to come and tell me what somebody in our news division sent a human being to go and cover and the person came back with voices and footage and footage that we saw. Is it a press release that is going to tell me that these things are hearsay? No, we saw it. Okay, so how do you convince me then that okay, these things did you are telling me these things have not happened? Or okay, the legal mining is happening, but the persons he's accusing of aiding and abetting are not the ones doing it. So we need to find different people. Okay, how are you finding those different people? Who have you found? The only person we caught was Aisha Wan, whom we let go. And she came back out of love, according to her, from last week's court proceedings. <laughs> Who have we caught? Who? Who? Like, they should stop this thing. The go against Galamse. They should stop. They should stop and let us think. <laughs> Richard, are you as upset as Godfred is based on the response? Because I don't know. I mean, I, I get the sense all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as though it's as though like the government is downplaying its own <laughs> fight. I, you, you get what I mean. Somebody, and then you come back to give such. A, it's as though all the money and time and effort we've put into it is needless, really. Hmm. I said more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me take it uh, from this 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 mm-hmm. side. And and for those who purpose, whose purpose it will serve, um, I'm expressing opinions. 
And let me prefix that by saying that Nanadu Dankwe Kufuado, who is currently the president of the Republic of Ghana, at some point was the proprietor of the Statesman newspaper. Mm -hmm. if, if you are old enough to know what the Statesman newspaper was. And that was where I cut my teeth and got trained as a journalist. So if it serves your purpose, please, just in, it's a notorious public knowledge. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, now you know. But let me go on to make my submissions. Uh, yes, that's cool. Uh, let me also draw your attention to the fact that Professor Frimpong Boating has since come yes, out he's again also responded with a new epistle. Yes, uh, which <laughs> we'll get into that. Which in I'll, I'll be bringing to the attention of our, our listeners. Now, I have read the documents surrounding this, this matter, mm -hmm. and the submissions I made on Friday still stand. Mm -hmm. I'm not running away from anything I said on Friday. I stand firmly by them. I spoke the position of the law. I spoke the question of good governance, and that should rest the matter. And again, let me also prefix that by saying that, yes, the Statesman newspaper was edited at the time I was there by Asari Gabi Ochoidako, and we still have great relationship. Here's my former boss. Just in case you do not know, this again is a public matter. It's publicly out there. People know it's a notorious fact. And just in case you do not know, I'm stating it for the record, okay. just in case you do not know. But my employers have not told me that I should recuse myself from the discussion. <laughs> and, and so I'm proceeding to deal with it. Um, if, if, you, if you don't like it, you know what to do. So the press statement from Professor Pompomboating has said that he's standing by everything he said mm -hmm. in the document. Yes. It's sort of a letter to Kwekubako. Uh, so, which is to, to suggest that if the document we have in the public domain in the, is anything to go by, mm -hmm. then it is the case that he is claiming ownership of the document mm -hmm. and that the document in the public domain is consistent with what he apparently submitted to mm -hmm. the chief of staff. Now, what has the presidency said about that document? Mm -hmm. Let me deal with it on five levels. On five levels? Yeah, five different hey. levels. Yeah. The first one is the technical issues that the, the, the government sought to raise about how the document was transmitted to the president. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look closely at the statement, the um, presidency said in paragraph three that the document was handed to the chief of staff at the office of the president on March 19, 2021, in an informal meeting where Professor Frempon Boatin complained about public attacks and criticisms made about him, his tenure as chairperson of IMSIN. Um, now, for any fair-minded person who is looking at this statement alone, the person will say that, yes, I think the presidency has a point. That indeed, a document of this size, if it actually is a report accounting for what he did in office as the chairperson of this particular institution, then it ought to have been properly transmitted. That is the formal way of doing things. Mm -hmm. The person would not be wrong. Because documents seeking a certain action ought to be communicated in a certain way. 
So that's to assume a technical position and to argue the point based on that. But for the purposes of good governance, is it the case that the renowned professor has made specific allegations of grievous proportions as to require that a government that has publicly stated that it is committed to fighting galamsey mm -hmm. ought to have acted upon. I argue that yes. Because for the past six or so years, we here at City FM, mm -hmm. and the record is there publicly, have taken on this fight against illegal mining. And we were the very first media house to publicly take on the fight and to launch a campaign against it for that matter. I was one of a few other people here at City FM who recorded video commentary, recorded video voices speaking against illegal mining. And we sent people into the bushes to do reports, which reports were brought here, which were aired. Because what? We were concerned about the state of our environment. Now, how did the government respond to that? They said that, well, they found the, the, the issues we had raised legitimate. And the issues that civil society people have raised legitimate. So they launched a crusade to deal with it. Orders were made for certain things to be suspended so that we could deal with the menace of Galamsey. So if after all these years, and after everything that civil society, including the media and in, in the likes of you know, Dr. Ken Asigbe have, have done, and ultimately, it would seem that not much has been achieved. And a report of this kind, whether it was informally communicated or it was formally communicated, if it comes to the attention of a president that says he's committed to fighting Galamsey, the expectation would legitimately be that what? You should act on it. Mm -hmm. And not care too much about whether it the, was informal of course it's a, a matter of public statement to communicate if you so care about it but the government of the issues that underpin the report have got to be investigated and that is what a president that is committed to fighting a menace of this kind that threatens our collective and individual existence would do um so looking at this statement I have read through the entire statement and nothing is said in this official statement as to indicate that the president takes this matter seriously and intends to investigate it. And, and that is a huge, huge, huge disappointment. And anybody who, is, who, who has read the statement and who has read the document that Professor Frimpong Boateng, regardless of how you feel about it, will be disappointed that a statement of this kind Responding to a matter of that size would have taken such a perfunctory view of what exactly the man had communicated. But, but let's move on to deal with the other issue. The fact is, we are told in a, a, a publication by GBC that indeed the president had ordered some investigations into this matter. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go to a story published on the 20th of March 2023 by gbcghanaonline.com. The um, story says, President Akufuado orders probe into Professor Frempon Boateng's Galamsey allegations. Mm -hmm. 
Now, it's by Franklin Asaridonko. And with your permission, let me just read um, excerpts of it. The story says that the president, Nanadu Dankwe Kufuado, has directed the, pub, the police to commence investigations into allegations made by the former Minister for Environment, Science and Technology and Innovation, Professor Kwabena Frempombuating, to the effect that some top government officials were engaged in illegal small-scale mining, popularly known as Galamse. In making the allegation, Professor Frempombuating further said that some persons in government orchestrated his exit following his fight against the illicit small-scale mining trade just to be able to go on with the illegal practice speaking in an interview with gifty aj on gtv's legends of our time he said there was an orchestrated scheme even within the party and government to get me out why is it that when i left everyone in the everyone is in the forest so that's a rhetorical question that he asks now the information available indicates that the police have dispatched a letter to professor from to assist them in the <coughs> investigation now if you read the story it is a straightforward story it doesn't tell us how the order came to be issued from the presidency that the cid should investigate the matter um you know the language and the details are so tense so you cannot really there's no formal communication to the best of my knowledge mm -hmm. as to how the president communicated that position so the point i'm making is that a responsible press statement from the presidency would have said that look the presidency takes a serious view of the weight of the allegations that have been made and on the basis of his own commitment to the fight against illegal mining and the fact that he is the constitutionally recognized custodian of the lands of this country and the natural resources of this country he was referring the matter appropriately or he has referred the matter to the ghana police service or any appropriate institution of state for the appropriate investigations and subsequent action the statement did not say that and that is a huge omission. And I agree with, you know, Godfrey's submission that to the extent that they did not take such a serious view of this matter, it is a huge slap in the face mm. of the fight against illegal mining. And, 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 and it, is, it does not matter that much earlier, there's some publication in the media as to suggest that there has been some uh, investigation ordered by the president. Mm -hmm. yes. it, it, the statement ought to have given way to it. Now, does that should the investigation absolve the president of any blame? Not at all. Now, we are told that it's been two years, and that takes me to the second leg of my submission. It's been two years that this report was submitted to the presidency through the chief of staff. The statement from the presidency tells us that it was at an informal meeting and that um it is a catalog uh, with your permission let me let me go to the <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay so yes so paragraph four of the statement deals with that says that this was after professor frimpon boating's tenure as minister had not been renewed by the president of the republic in a second term the document did not have a transmitter cover letter nor indeed an addressee such as to suggest that it was submitted to the chief of staff for action it is noteworthy 
okay so so basically that actually links to my earlier submission but there was a, a, a point that it says that it is important to point out that whilst professor frembon frembon boating uh, makes serious allegations against some government appointees as having been involved supporting or interfering with the fight against illegal mining not a single piece of evidence was adduced or presented to enable the claims to be properly investigated and then also much earlier in the um, statement they actually said that uh, it was a catalog of um, you know well that is in paragraph two at the outset it must be pointed out that the document being discussed was not an official report formally delivered to the office of the president on the contrary it can only be rightly referred to as a catalog of personal grievances and claims made by professor frimpon boating intended to respond to some issues he faced as chairperson of the ic IMSM. now do you dismiss a matter of this size like that on the basis of what you feel are matters of personal grievances and 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 issues that you face as chairperson i think that was a huge disservice to the good people of ghana why am i saying that if a report of this size is submitted to you no matter how informal the meeting may have been there have been specific allegations that have been made and if a government cares about its image and what its fight against people working to undermine the growth of this country, if you really care about that, you ought to investigate them. And how come between the time that the report was submitted and recently, we have not heard about this report until some allegations emerged sort of linking some people allegedly to dealing with illegal mining in our country so you see the good people of ghana whoever they may be are entitled to say that but for this document making it into the public domain we would not have had any action from the presidency and that sullies the image of the presidency by their own conduct or inaction because if you had come to the good people of ghana to say that look the chief of staff has received a report which report has sought to scandalize you know people or to accuse people in government and outside government of working in cahoots with others to undermine the government's fight against illegal mining and on the basis of the dim view you take of, you know, how these people are in, uh, destroying the environment. You are causing investigations to be done. You would have responded promptly to the demands that a document of that size should ordinarily attract. But they did not do that. They waited until this document made its way into the public domain and people are responding to clear their names, which is something that they are entitled to do. Do you understand? So that is another failure on the part of government to deal with this matter. And Nathan, um, let me go to the, the other leg of my uh, submission this morning, if, okay. if I may. No, no problem. Which is, you, you uh, just, just give me a few seconds. Okay. Let, me, let me pay a few bills mm -hmm. whilst you gather your thoughts.
and then we can get into that. All right, Sky, you, you, you just you just finish. Finish that point and then we'll, we'll, we'll sort the okay. details out. So, the, 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 the role of institutions of state, because uh, Godfrey made an important point about what um, parliament or an institution mm -hmm, yeah. like parliament, parliament should be doing. Yes. The fact is that parliament is the guardian of the press of this country. And if you look at our constitution, their role is to review government policy and where appropriate to make pronouncements as to pass them or to reject them. And they also release funds for government uh, business to be done. As Godfrey rightly stated, the work of the INSIM required use of public resources. The soldiers were deployed, the military deployed, armored vehicles were used where appropriate, and all kinds of things were done which engaged and used our public resources, in, in other words, our public purse. So is there a need for accountability? I will say yes. Because what are we talking about? We have used the public resources of this country to engage a minister of the size of Professor Frimpong and others. In fact, long before him, there were others who had done some work. And if he presents a report, no matter how informal, as it is regarded. And there is a suggestion that people within the administration have undermined the work of that committee. Regardless of whether a CID person is investigating the matter, I think the jurisdiction of parliament is probably triggered under our constitution to look into this matter. And it is good that the Speaker of Parliament has summoned a meeting of MPs. It's most likely going to be a day's meeting, mm -hmm. a specific agenda to be dealt with. But I'll be most disappointed if at that particular meeting, a member of Parliament is not on his feet, flagging this report and seeking to rally the House to set up a bipartisan committee or to ask the committee responsible for lands and natural resources to look into this matter and to return a report that can be acted upon. Okay. If they do not do that, they would have done great disservice to the good people of this country. Mm. Parliament will meet for a day to sort out some issues, but like Richard is saying, maybe they should look into this as well. We'll get to your comments uh, that have come in on 0549-986-996. Remember that at 9 a.m. this morning, we'll give you the April 2023 edition of EdTech Monday. This morning, we are talking digital lit literacy, a crucial component of 21st century skills, part of our EdTech Monday, which is a platform for EdTech uh, entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. It's happening at 9 a.m. Now, grabbing your favorite drink for all your occasions can be tricky, but if there's Coke, don't worry. They've got all kinds of drinks for you. They have the 300 ml classic Coke, which is selling at 5 CDs, 300 ml Coke Zero Fanta and Sprite, all selling at 4 CDs. And if you want a lot more Coke to pass around, you can get the 1.5 liter Coke Classic for 20 CDs and the 1.5 liter Coke Zero Fanta and Sprite for 18 CDs to share with friends and family. 
Now, the month of April is the month of jazz, and so Alliance Francaise Accra is inviting you to the Société Générale Ghana Jazz Festival. It's a week-long celebration of jazz in all its forms. It's happening from April 24 to 29, so it's from today to the 29th of April. Now, some of the key things, April 28 and April 29, they've got concerts. Pamela Bajogo from Gabon will be there. Victor Day Quartet will be there. Charlie from Benin will be there. And Kwame Yeboah and the Kwame Band from Ghana will be there. Tickets are selling for 50 CDs uh, per day and 30 CDs for students. And it's powered by Alliance Francaise Accra. Now, following the passage of the Land Act 2020 Act 1036, the Lands Commission, under the auspices of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources, has initiated steps towards the preparation of legislative instruments that will provide the procedural matters needed for the implementation and enforcement of the provisions of the Act as specified under Section 280. So, if you have anything to say in terms of comments and info, reference those sections of the Act and send them to the lands commission or the executive secretary the lands commission in soft copy or send if you want to send a soft copy you can send to regulations.landact at lc.gov.gh all comments and information must be submitted on or before the 30th of april and if you have any further comments or any further questions send an email to regulations.landact at lc.gov.gh signed the executive secretary of the lands commission now, are you a tertiary student or graduate? Would you like to team up with others to build an innovative agri-focused or agri-focused business? The KIC and University of Ghana are calling for applications from students and graduates aged 35 and below from the Greater Accra region to join the 2023 KIC Agri-Tech Challenge Classic Competition. It's a seven-month annual training program aimed at developing the interest and building the mindset of students and young graduates to ultimately drive systemic change in Ghana's agricultural sector. If you are interested, call 0247-578-334 or 0208-373-604 or you can visit kicghana.org or the KIC social media page. Deadline for applications is the 5th of May. Now, um, CTFM is doing something quite interesting for our mothers. You have the opportunity to say something nice about your mother. In this month of May, we are organizing the, a portrait or a portrait of Mama promo. And this is how you can enter. Now, in 100 words or less, celebrate your mom or your mother figure for making the most important intervention that changed the course of your life. Your entry should begin with the phrase, but for mama, then you go on to say all the things you want to say. Send your entry together with your name, your mom's name, and your contact info via WhatsApp 0549 986996 or 020 The deadline for entry is April 30. And then you can take mama out. Because City FM and City TV, we are organizing a portrait of Mama, which is the dinner event. And it's an evening of Ghanaian food dance and the celebration of motherhood. It's happening on the 14th of May at the City TV Gardens in Tesano. It's at 4 p.m. And you can call 0205-973-973. And uh, it's brought to you by Dano. And it will cost you 350 CDs. 
so that's what's happening so just just you can send in your entries and you can also bring mama out for a lovely time on the 14th of may this is the city breakfast show your comments are coming in on 0549986996 we'll take a very quick break when we come back um a few more submissions we'll go through your comments and then we'll get ready for the april edition of etec monday all of that coming right up don't go anywhere this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Welcome back. This is still the City Breakfast Show. Your health is important to you, and so you need to visit Vic Dank Healthcare. It's a Ghana Health Service certified healthcare center that specializes in kidney stones, hepatomegaly, hypertension, fatty liver treatment, among others. They're on the Spintex Road behind the Standard Chartered Bank. You can call them on 0549-951211 or 0502-661-346. Are you a business leader, entrepreneur, executive director, manager for marketing, sales, operations, HR, without a formal financial background? And are you facing greater financial and business responsibilities? That's why we need you. I invite you to book for Benchmarks Financial and Accounting for Non-Finance Executives Workshop. As a participant, you gain experience in applying financial principles uh, to real world situations and all of that you can get in touch with them on 0277511315 or 0249944442 or visit benchmark Now, losing a loved one is tough. It will stop you in your tracks. It will leave you shaking. But if you speak to Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium, they'll give you um, good private end-to-end funeral services just so that bit is handled well. Get in touch with them on 509 or into their website, lashibifunerahomes.com. Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium, dignity for the deceased, comfort for the bereaved. Now, Juliana June Clothing is the latest clothing brand with quality apparel and styles for both men and women. They are learning from successful global luxury brands. And so they are providing their customers with the best in fashion and clothes made in Ghana. Call them on 0249-789-789 or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Juliana June GH or visit their website, julianajune.com. They are on the English Amalfi Road wager after the West Hills Mall and these are sponsored by Vodafone Business Further Together. Now, Copan is uh, telling you that join them. They've got great packages for you. They are going to Adoma Cinema and Boti Falls on May 20 and it's costing 600 CDs. There's another CD discount for all old clients and the first 20 people to register. But if you want something outside the country, they are going to Dubai and Kenya. They have a package for 1,400 double sharing and 1,600 single occupancy. And it's between June 23 and 29. The package includes visa, visa assistance, hotel accommodation tours, package, airport transfers. Call them on 0556-965-924-0262-349-886 for more details. Copan Hospitality Tourism at its best. 
and uh, traveling and moving about will get you a little dehydrated that's why you need water standard water is giving you 25 years of experience and they're giving you great water they've got sachet water bottled water dispenser jar mounted water customized water for your parties and other special occasions so when godfred is celebrating his birthday he can get standard to put his face on it godfred water wouldn't you like that godfred water yes <laughs> So get in touch with Standard Water on 0202-055703-0547-334-385. This ad is FDA approved. Like I said, today we'll give you the April edition of Etech Monday. It's happening at 9. But let's continue with our conversation. So Professor Frimpon Bwati, he's also spoken. It looks like every now and again or between now and when it ends. We'll be getting a lot of responses. He has also given a response to Gabby Otredak. Remember, Gabby Otredak granted an interview to us mm-hmm. last week. And so, Professor Frimpon Boating has responded. Now, his response is directly at uh, Gabby Otredak. Otredaku. And it's a very detailed, it's about 13 pages. No, it's actually a very short one. A very short one, but the others are pe- attachments, pictures, those things, those things. Um... Now, in his response, he says, I've come across transcripts of statements made by Mr. Gabby Otredako in an interview had with CTFM on Thursday, April 20. Now, he said after listening to Mr. Otredako, he became, quote, sad for Ghana. Okay, and I'm reading the document. Quote, I wondered what happened to us to get to this state where a person who's supposed to be the lawyer of a mining company exhibited such industrial scale ignorance about mining laws and regulations. So, he also goes on to state state a few things. Now, he says, Mr. Chidako seems to have forgotten that his client, which is, um, as mentioned, C and J Aleska and Heritage Imperial Mining. Now, he says that he's forgotten that his client has a strong history of acting with impunity. Donald Intia, who operated both C and G Aleska and Heritage Imperial Mining Company Limited, has a history of abusing mining permits and regulations. So, this is, these are Professor Frimpong Boatin's words. And he mm. says that these companies have a history. Now, he goes on to say that on November 29, 2016, Mr. Tony Aubin, the then CEO of the Minerals Commission during the NDC administration, wrote to CNG Alaska that the company was, quote, seriously engaged in illegal mining on its prospecting license, end quote. So, Professor Frimpon Barton says that the company was doing something it had not been licensed to do. On the 30th, on 30th January 2017, Mr. Aubin again wrote to CNG Alaska for, quote, undertaking mining activities illegally without obtaining all the requisite permits and approvals, end quote. He also uh, says that in 2017, in October, Honorable John Peter Amewu, NPP's first minister for lands and natural resources, wrote to CNG Alaska regarding the Drabo concession and directed that, quote, in view of the fact that CNG Alaska does not have a valid mining operating permit, and that, the mine, and that the ministry has not yet ratified your mining license, you are directed not to carry out any mining instructions. And not to carry out any mining instructions is written in bold. Mm-hmm. No, it's written in capitals. Mining okay. instructions? Mining operations, sorry. You, you are not to carry out any mining operations in the concession until your mining lease has been ratified. Again, these are words or what Dr. or Professor Frimpong Boateng has put on paper. And he's saying, and he's responding to Gabby Otridaku's interview. He also goes on to say that CNG Alaska metamorphosed into Heritage Mining Imperial Company Limited, operated by the Donald Intua. This time, they settled in the 
Apaprama and Kobro forests in Manso in the Ashanti region and immediately started with active mining without even a prospecting license with the attendance destruction of forest farmlands and water bodies. Okay, so Professor Frimpon Boating has responded to Gabi Otridaku and you can find that on City News. Was well, that all he said? Um, so I've just read the salient part. So he also goes on to say that Mr. Otridaku, I don't think you have retrograde amnesia but I want to refresh your memory about the destruction of the environment that had been perpetrated by your clients over the years with the accompanying videos and pictures from the Diaso Forest and Apaprama. And it finally ends by saying, finally, the former minister, whom Mr. Gabriel Chidaku thinks had a weak understanding of his position, has done more for this country and the world than Mr. Chidaku would ever dream of in a million years and the statement is signed professor doctor and he adds med to say that he's a medical doctor kwabna mm -hmm. frimpom boating and he adds pictures 13 pictures documenting devastation of the environment caused by clients of mr chidaku and two reports by mr erastus asaridonko shown on joy tv he provides two links one which is a facebook link mm -hmm. the other which is a youtube link he also provides letters from dr tony Obin to cg aleska dated november 29 2016 suspending mining operations of c and j aleska then he provides the letter written by dr uh, mr Obin. Dated January 30, 2017, suspending the mining operations of CNG Alaska. Then he also provides the letter from Honorable John Peter Mill to the same CNG Alaska, dated October 2, 2017, suspending mining operations of the said company, which is CNG Alaska. Mm -hmm. mm. So that's the response from Professor Frimpon Boating to Gabi Asarachidako. Like Sky, you stated, mm -hmm. the man is still standing by what he said in his report. Mm -hmm. These documents or this response, this response kind of fortifies his stance and he's insisting that everything he said, mm -hmm. he stands by and he holds true mm -hmm. and he believes it's true. This thing I told you will end up in court. <laughs> As it should. Okay. For people to clarify. Okay. I I, I, you see, which is why I am worried by, and no worried, I am upset by the inaction that was taken on the initial report. You see, because if action had been taken, everybody who was listed, every company that was listed there by now would know their mm -hmm. position on the matter. But, but now everybody's on the defensive because it's been two years. You cannot simply say that, oh, it was here, see. You get you. you see, I, I so get you. The, the the entire thing has been a disservice to everybody. Mm. So it will it, it will end up in court because Frimpon Boateng has come back with with what he says is his yes, evidence. Yes, yes. Aerial shots, uh, links of re, of interviews granted. Journalists were there. That's letters from letters. You know. Expect a response from Gabi Asarichida as well. Mm. You understand? Because or if not from him personally. From, from the entity that he represents in this particular matter. <laughs> but would all these things have been necessary if two years ago the government had done the needful? And that's what I'm saying. All this eventually for me ends up at yeah. the presidency. Yes. And it is disappointing. You know... <laughs> Was it not the president who said he will put his presidency on the line, the line for yes. this matter? Yes. 
And let's not forget why. You remember the story that the link that Sky read, mm-hmm. the GBC story that said that the president had ordered a probe mm-hmm. into the. Did he see any evidence? That, 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 you know. There was no evidence. <laughs> yeah, so you see, that's that's why I said mm-hmm. that it was wrong okay. that it was approached like that. But but before I, I close, you see, I think it's important. My training doesn't allow me to look at matters just like that and then jump on the bandwagon because someone has a feeling about a person or two and say that, hey, convict this person. Look, let me say this. Professor Frimpon Boating has come out to say all kinds of things these are serious matters if any citizen of the republic of ghana looking at these facts believes that gabi otridako has done anything untoward in violation of his role or his his his, his, uh, obligations as a lawyer there is an institution known as the general legal council it is located within the offices of the Ghana School of Law at Makola. A dutiful citizen should take this matter there and say that based on what he has read, mm. it is his thinking that he acted in a way that was not in consonance with the rules governing the legal profession. And hopefully, they will take it up. It should not be reduced to, oh, you represented this and you ought not have done it. I have said that it is important that when you are speaking to the facts, you, fee- you speak to the facts and you, you express your opinion based on that. Mm. I've expressed my public opinion on this matter. It was a purely legal position as I understand it. And if you have any issues with it and you believe that the man has done something wrong, head to the General Legal Council or go to the police station and report the same. Those are the matters I'll bring to your attention and close my submission on this matter. Mm. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. Coming up next is uh, the April edition of EdTech Monday. Now, EdTech Monday is a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. The show is an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation's Regional Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT and is part of the foundation's strategy to find solutions to Africa's youth employment by closing the gap in access to quality education and advancing the integration of tech in educational spaces in educational policy sorry and practices across africa now edtech monday builds on the foundation's young africa work strategy in ghana with the vision of harnessing opportunities to shape the future of work and to create an inclusive economy with enhanced resilience for young people and the most vulnerable, especially women by 2030. Now, to realize this vision, MasterCard Foundation has partnered with Mest Africa to bring you EdTech Monday airing on the last Monday of every month. So today's show is live. We'll start at 9 a.m., which is in a few minutes. On the City Breakfast Show, you can watch live via City 97.3 FM's Facebook page or Mest Africa. Well, so when we come back, we'll get into the April edition of EdTech Monday. This is the City Breakfast Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Welcome. 
to the April edition of EdTech Monday, live on the City Breakfast Show, live on City FM's Facebook page and Mest Africa's Facebook page. Many, many thanks for joining us. My name is Nathan Kwao. Now, EdTech Monday is a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. Now, last month, we discussed the importance of a strong foundation in literacy and numeracy skills for young learners in Ghana, and we established how crucial the development of advanced skills were to the economic development and the well-being of individuals and communities. Now, one of the recommendations was to introduce technology-enabled learning at the foundational level to boost lifelong skills and additionally introduce digital literacy at an early age to increase learning outcomes. So somebody will ask, okay, so, so what is digital literacy? Now, in simple terms, it's the ability to use communication and information technology to generate, evaluate, and communicate messages which require both technical and cognitive abilities. And there are a number of significant barriers to digital literacy in Africa. However, the lack of adequate information technology support systems and the inability to afford the necessary digital infrastructure is a major one. Major, major one. So this month, we are connecting the dots. We are uh, trying to understand the power that EdTech holds in delivering and addressing these 21st century skills, you know, digital literacy and all of that. We also try and find out what we need to do to facilitate access to digital literacy. And we'll find out how EdTech helps in digital literacy for learners and educators. So I've been joined by three people who know their tech and know their tech very, very well. I've got Ida Padikwa Nate, who's CEO and co-founder of CTN Technologies. Now, Ida is passionate about transforming Africa with innovation and technology through education. Most of her decisions are tailored toward achieving this goal. And as a result, she pursued a degree in electrical and electronic engineering and is currently the CEO and co-founder of CTN Technologies. And uh, she's the founder of Tech World Club at the KNUST aimed at fostering innovation and problem-solving skills in students. Her company, City and Technologies, has trained over 300 young people and mentored over 85 young girls in tech from Ghana through a partnership with Winters Global. And she was an SDG for Youth Advocate for UNICEF Ghana during the UN Transforming Education Summit and is a Youth Ambassador for Generation and limited. Ida, thank you so, so much for joining us and welcome. Thank you, Nathan. Great. Next up, we have Noble Selomje. He's co-director for EdTech West Africa. Now, Noble went to UCC. He's got a Bachelor of Education, IT Education. And since then, he's been a strong advocate for young people to acquire in-demand digital skills so they stay relevant in their chosen careers. And he has a passion for education. And is dedicated to supporting teachers across the country to acquire skills to support uh, the integration of technology into their teaching practice. Now, Noble has been offering teachers and students continuous support on how to solve everyday problems using digital technologies. He's a proud member of GSET, a member of the Africa Society for Technology and Education, where he shares his experience in product development with participants on that program. Uh, Noble, thank you. Good morning and welcome to EdTech Monday. Thank you very much. Great, great, great. Finally, we've got someone, Yakuin Japan. He's Senior Research and Evaluation Manager 
Education Sub-Saharan Africa, ESSA. Now, he's an emerging specialist in education research and policy with eight years of experience in conducting and utilizing research evidence to inform higher education policies and programs in Sub-Saharan Africa. He currently works as a researcher at the Education Sub-Saharan Africa. Sam, good morning. Welcome to Etec Monday. Thank you very much, Nathan. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much, guys, for joining us. Let me start off with Noble and Samuel. And I'll throw the same question at you, and maybe you can answer from different perspectives. Mm. Now, in today's environment, education, technology, they work hand in hand, you know, to promote and prepare learners for the future. What is Ghana's case? When we, when we talk about Ghana, what is our own story when we talk about education and technology? Okay, um, yeah. So, like other countries, um, there is a growing interest when it comes to education technology uh, in Ghana. And loads of efforts have been made by the government uh, and its agencies, particularly the Ministry of Education uh, and also NGOs and um, other um, private sector um, players uh, in the education space. Um, loads of initiative or effort has been made. Um, some of these include the integration of um, digital literacy in our schools, uh, in our school curriculum. Um, also, the training of our teachers okay. in order to use digital tools uh, in the classroom, as well as also teach uh, students how to use these tools. Um, there's also the use of um, ICT tools in the collection uh, of data on students and faculty members, uh, and then teachers, let me say. Uh, and also used for decision making. An example is what we call the Education Management Information System. Okay. And um, even my organization, Education Sub-Saharan Africa, has supported GTEC in building what we call the Faculty Planning Tool. So it's a tool that collects data on you know students and faculty members, do an analysis, and then try to inform government policy on how many faculty members to recruit in order to achieve the student-teacher ratio. Um, these efforts have not come with some major challenges, um, and um, these challenges are more around capacity and infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So it will amaze you to know that uh, only 15 um, households in Ghana have access to computers, and this is coming from the recent Ghana Statistical Service and the UNES, uh, UNICEF data. Also, when we go into schools, only um, 20 only 25% of primary schools have access to electricity. So you could imagine, how do we integrate technology in schools if we do not have the infrastructure needed? When we come to capacity, you could also see that there is limited capacity when it comes to uh, the knowledge of faculty members or teachers uh, within the primary and secondary schools in order to um, direct students mm. on how to use these tools or okay. teach them uh, in the classroom. So mm. yeah, I'll pause here and then uh, Noble. Yeah. Uh, Yes, um, just to add to what um, um, Samuel just said, <laughs> yeah. um, I think um, Ghana as a country recognizes the importance of education and technology in our education system, and that's why, of course, we can have some of the discussions of the impact that the government okay. has done so okay. far. Mm. Um, I just want to um, highlight two uh, major programs that the government has actually put in place to kind of like show their commitment to um, improving education and technology. We can talk about GIFEC and we can talk about the NEIP, the National Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program, mm. and then the Ghana Investment for uh, Electronic Communications. These programs have given the opportunity to young people to prepare themselves in order for them to innovate and bring ideas on board that can actually support education. So I think yeah, there, there have been challenges, but then that gives us the opportunity to know that there are opportunities for tech uh, development in Ghana. Mm, great, wonderful. Uh, 
this one is for everybody but let, let me get Ida's thoughts on, mm. on 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 this one now we've we've established the background we do know that 89 percent of learners in sub-saharan africa do not have access to household computers yeah 82 percent lack internet access mm. you know m- maybe it's even more i don't know <laughs> and at least 20 million people live in areas that are not covered by you know a mobile network so what can and cannot work for learners um, and educators where digital literacy is concerned. Okay, so I will take this um, from the shift that happened from the advent of COVID okay. in 2020. I think it pushed a lot of educational institutions to move to virtual learning platform, online mm. learning platforms, and all of that. Um, one thing that I noticed was that um, some of these um, virtual learning platforms were not made available to people who do not have internet infrastructure. Okay. And I know of um, Sendlos, Center for National and Digital Learning okay. Open School. I'm not too sure what the full meaning, but I know that Sendlos has this iBox, um, intelligent box. And what that does is that they provide um, learning resources but then you don't need internet access. So they, they yeah. built a technology where you can take to a community and then you can access um, learning resources without um, internet access. And I think that was like a breakthrough for us. I'm hoping that more innovations in that line would come up. Okay. So that's something that can work for remote areas that do not necessarily have internet access. Now, with what cannot work, um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm an SDG for um, quality education youth mm-hmm. advocate with UNICEF. So I'm very particular about children education. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I, I, I've come to observe is that... Um, some people are considering the option of going fully virtual when it comes to education of young people. Okay. But then I believe that the early years of young people are the formative years, the years that people, um, the young people develop their brains. I remember when we were in school, um, we're not given calculators and other things, and these things helped us you had to develop be doing the multiplication from in your head. From your head. You know, yeah. It helped us, you know, develop our quantitative skills, uh, brain development, cognitive abilities, and all of that, and even our writing skills. But then sometimes giving them too much exposure to these um, digital technologies can kind of uh, like make their development a bit retrogressive, right? So I think that as much as we are exposing young people or children to digital technologies, there should be a limit. It should be regulated. There's a plethora of information out there and there's so much on the internet. But when it comes to digital literacy for young people, I Mm -hmm. think more care should be taken in that Mm. um, the information should be regulated and limited. Mm. So this is my submission on this. Guys, do you you want to add something? So about the resources that are available to young people, I think that um, it's more about access. Um, Currently, we have a struggle with infrastructure um, provision in various schools and Mm -hmm. all that. But one thing that we are sure of is that there are more young people who are having mobile phones. There are more teachers who have mobile yeah. phones. So we yeah. should leverage that aspect of, of the resource that they have available in mm. order to make the, these resources available to them. Um, that's one. And then two, we can talk about community-based learning um, in that this time around, instead of um, rolling these programs through institutions and all that, we can go through various stakeholders in their various communities. Mm. Um, schools vacate, students go home. What are they doing? Um, how are parents able to support their, their learners to enroll on some of these programs? Then that leads us to what we call um, the pub- public-private uh, partnerships. So mm-hmm. government should make available policies, um, reforms that are that kind of like give these private institutions 
like a level ground for them to be able to collaborate with government institutions and then private institutions so that they can these private institutions like um, city and technologies like um EdTech west <laughs> africa like yeah. south around africa can then engage with these people and bring them into the space for them to be able to access all these resources that are available to them mm, wonderful yeah yeah Sam. nathan let me build on the point uh, made by noble around the mobile phones so in my view i think um the access to mobile phone or using mobile phone as a tool in digital literacy is one of the low-hanging fruits. However, there are questions surrounding its ownership and usage in schools, which we need to acknowledge, right? The reason why I'm basing my argument on that is that the recent data from Ghana Statistical Service shows that 92% of households, um, which includes even children, have access to mobile phones. And um, mobile phones also have internet, especially smartphones, smartphones. have internet and all okay. that. We could leverage this uh, for learners and teachers. Um, for, for teachers, they could use it for their professional development activities yeah. where they can assess these tools uh, that Ida mentioned about the iBox and all that. And even with the iBox, you do not need internet. So it helps uh, rural folks who do not have access to or continuous access to uh, internet and all that. Um, on what may not work, right? I want to also build on a point of uh, digital safety. So there is, uh, we need to pay particular attention on what um, children are using the internet or these tools for. Oh, yeah. Yes. And secondly, we, we should, <clears throat> we shouldn't expect that technology will solve all the issues. So there is some uh, need when it comes to face-to-face -face interaction. That's why most people are in the research that uh, I've read and I've done so far, it's leaned towards having a blended uh, model okay. where students interacted both the digital sessions as well as the face-to-face -face sessions. Face -to -face. Yeah. Great, great. Um, Ida Noble, let's, let's talk about 21st century skills. You know, we talk about the fact that they are the lifelong additions to the continent's workforce. So how are we preparing young learners and educators using a tech tools that are, that are available? Okay, so I'm going to start with the story of why we started CTN Technologies. Okay. So that happened way back 2016, 2015. I was a student on KNUSD campus, and I was watching this discussion on the World Economic Forum about the fourth industrial revolution and about how Africa has the capacity to leapfrog into all these new technologies. And I was amazed. It's like I was on campus, I was studying engineering, but nobody was talking about this. It's like all we <laughs> knew was engine math, calculus, get A's and leave. Nobody was actually um, taking time to actually build up problem solving skills and abilities. So I was like, no, something has to be done about this. I cannot hear this and do nothing, right? So I decided to meet a few of my friends who are skilled in electronics, Robotics because the fourth industrial revolution technologies is IoT, mm -hmm. robotics, mm -hmm. um, genetic engineering, mm -hmm. drone technology, and that's what we do at CTN Technologies. So I went to meet some of my friends who are skilled. I didn't necessarily have the skill at the time, but then I knew how to bring people together. <laughs> so I went to see them. We started a club. We're like, no, we're going to train people to be problem solvers. So we train them with the skill. We train them to solve problems. And this is what we are doing at CTN Technologies, building them for the future of work, building them for the fourth industrial revolution. I was having a conversation with someone this morning, and he was talking about how uh, mobile money just revolutionized yeah. the uh, financial exactly. industry. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of leapfrogging we need when it comes to these new technologies. And I think that more people need to be trained, more people need to have the skills to be able to fit into the new job roles that are coming on the market. Market. So this is how um, we at CTN Technology are preparing young people for the future mm. of work. Oh, well. 
yes thank you very much um i think um, the whole conversation around 21st century skills um in ghana became very more prominent with the inception of the new curriculum um for the busy schools mm-hmm. and yeah. then hopefully there's senior high school curriculum that is currently coming i would like to take the 21st century skill building from the perspectives of teachers and then students we need to be able to as much as possible equip these teachers in in ways that they would be able to deliver um in terms of tailoring their learning and teaching towards helping these learners develop these skills so we're talking about hybrid learning models for the teachers so we talk about hybrid learning we talk about blended learning approaches mm-hmm. but are teachers able to use the tools are they able to leverage online tools to be able to um, offer this teaching to the, to the students if those things are not there how then are we sure that the learners are able to take up uh, this uh, mm. 21st century school that you're talking about okay that's why there need to be more opportunities for teachers to learn there need to be more programs designed for teachers to interact with technologies now uh, for us at edtech west africa what we are doing is that there is like a huge gap between um edtech uh, companies that are offering such solutions to schools and to teachers so then how are we kind of like building an ecosystem for these uh, teachers to interact with these edtech providers providing them with feedback that can help them improve their products and then also teachers um some of them do not even know the edtech solutions that are available to them to use mm-hmm. so then we are now like seven like a, a, a bridge between these two entities yeah. the teachers get to know the tools that are available to them to use for free and then they in turn provide feedback to um these edtech entrepreneurs for them to improve their products yeah so that's what we are doing mm-hmm. at edtech west africa great and then we are on it great sam sam let's yes. let's let's talk about digital literacy mm. being beneficial to leapfrogging education technology hybrid models of learning and you know 21st century skills how is digital literacy beneficial to all these you know components we are we are talking about okay thank you very much uh nathan so you you're giving me the <laughs> toughest <laughs> questions <laughs> all right um so if i say um digital literacy skills are really crucial especially within the time that we are in and there are myriads of um, opportunities and benefit that this offers uh, students and anyone engaged or tapping into it. Um, I'll base my um, point on three key uh, aspects okay. of, 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 of benefit. So taking it from um, leapfrogging education technology. So there is an increasing adaptation of e-learning platforms and mm-hmm. uh, MOOC and all that. Uh, there is a lot of educational resources available. And if children or learners have um, these digital literacy skills, how to access the internet, how to um, navigate these models and all that, it opens up uh, an opportunity for lifelong learning for them. And not even only children. I I can put myself uh, into it in in order to contextualize this. So whilst a student, I was able to take loads of courses uh, on EDX, uh, Coursera, Mm -hmm. and all that. So it helps you to leapfrog and it helps you so you could take uh, be in Ghana and take a course from MIT, uh, Harvard, and all these top schools or universities that uh, we know about. Yeah. Um, when it comes to building 21st century skills, so digital literacy, like, you know, around gamification, uh, using even Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. helps you um, to be able to coordinate and understand uh, issue. Gamification evidence shows that it helps you to build critical thinking skills uh, and all that. So, these are skills that are needed when it comes to um, the world we are in now. Okay. So once again, contextualizing it by putting myself in there, my work is 100% remote. And um, I say home 100% remote? Remote, yes. Lots of people would, exactly. would, would kill to have your... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, 
um, I sit here in Ghana and work with my colleagues uh, in Germany, in UK, in Kenya, uh, and we coordinate on a lot of things like working on the same document, um, doing research analysis using these tools and all that. After that, you know, we use this um, like Teams um, and then Zoom and all that to communicate. Imagine if I didn't have digital um, skills. That means I will not be able to tap yeah, into yeah. the employment opportunity that the labor market of 21st century is offering. So I think digital literacy skill is very, very necessary when it comes to taking advantage of employability uh, aspect. Um, I'll end by also talking about um, it gives, you know, opportunity for people to engage in civil uh, engagement, uh, civil conversation yeah. or civic co <coughs> conversation. So um, like we are here now, we are assessing information and we are doing this through radio. Radio is also an aspect of ICT, right? Others are using Facebook, Twitter in order to engage. So imagine if you do not have these skills to assess this platform. That means you are being cut off from these conversations. So it helps or provide opportunity for people to, you know, engage in civil uh, conversations. So yeah, mm. I'll pause here and uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You're still listening to Etech Monday, the April edition of Etech Monday. Today we are discussing digital literacy, a crucial component of 21st century skills. And I've been speaking with Ida Padikor Nate, CEO of CEO and co-founder of CTN Technologies. I also have Noble Selomje, who is co-director for Etech West Africa, and Samuel Nyakwe Japan, senior research and evaluation manager, education Sub-Saharan Africa. You can send in your thoughts and comments on 0549-986-996. It's been an enlightening conversation so far. We have a lot more left to give you. All right, let's let us let us let's get back to the conversation. Ida, let me bring you in. Uh, let's talk about the role, the roles of edtech innovators and the roles they play in investing in Africa-focused technologies to advance teaching and learning or to advance education technology solutions that promote digital literacy. Okay, so uh, personally, I see edtech innovators as supplements to our educational system. Okay, supplements. Um, supplements, essential supplements. <laughs> you know, um, being in a country where it takes, you know, almost forever for a uh, curriculum to be updated, I was excited to hear that um, the elementary school have an updated curriculum. I believe that their work um, is something that is very necessary when it comes to STEM skills. I'm hoping that there's STEM in the new curriculum, but then there are so many startups that are training young people in STEM and robotics, IoT, um, we do 3D printing and drone technology, and these are essential skills, you know, for the 21st century. Um, and I'm also glad about um, some of the innovations that are coming in terms of science. So I, I know about Dex Technologies. Um, they have this science set that allows yeah, you to yeah, have like yeah. your experiment right in mm -hmm. front of you. Yeah, yeah. And these things. I've, are, I've seen that. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, it was just the first time I came across their, you know, their science set. I was like, wow, this is so innovative. Mm -hmm. And this is developing, you know, the creative abilities of our students, of our young people. It's going to raise them to become problem solvers. It's going to give them in-depth understanding of the science that they are learning. There are other companies too that are doing amazing this tech era. Tech era, you know, focuses on assistive technologies for people with special needs or people with disabilities. So in the sense of um, education, they try as much as possible to keep even people with disabilities 
um, digital as digital literates. They provide um, technologies with AI and text mm. to speech, speech to text, digital braille systems, so that they can also um, not be left behind when it comes to digital education. And that's why I think that these um, digital innovators are really essential in the ed tech space. And their work, I think, their work should be you know encouraged and more support should be given for these people. Mm, great stuff. Um, let me bring um, Noble in. Okay, let let, let me have Noble and, and Ida, okay. and let's talk about the fact that look, African governments are yet to adequately promote digital literacy in educational institutions for all levels of learners and educators. So, let's talk about the void that your respective entities fill. So, City and Technologies and EdTech West Africa. What what are you guys doing to to fill that gap and 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 make sure that you know you 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 are solving that issue in that space? Yeah, right. No, yeah. we want to go first. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, clearly, government uh, is how do I say um, burdened in a way and in delivering these interventions, they they struggle with expert expertise in mm. in actually delivering uh, innovation with regards to teaching and learning in the classrooms so for for us at uh, EdTech West Africa we are looking at how to directly impact as many learners as possible we believe that when teachers are equipped for example um, a teacher is able to interact with at least 100 learners within a school term so if you're able to build the capacity of that teacher it's amazing the 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 impact that that can that can be to to tell my own story um when I my first interaction with computers uh, came through my ICT teacher. Okay. Right. And how he did it was some kind of inspiration for me to want to pursue a career in, in tech or even um, develop the interest in wanting to learn how to use a computer or something. So we believe that equipping the teachers with the right knowledge, equipping them with the technology they need in order for them to actually teach these learners is the first step that we are, we are taking. So for us at EdTech West Africa, it's about providing as much opportunities for these teachers through these EdTech offerings. Mm. So the EdTech companies are there. They want to design interventions. But most times, it, these EdTech companies are made up of software engineers who mm. probably are just um, impressed by writing a code, uh-huh. right? Then are the solutions that they are trying to create really the needs of these teachers or the learners? Okay. Are they addressing the gaps? Like for example, in West Africa and even Africa to say, foundational literacy and numeracy is a big challenge. But then if you look at the number of um, interventions in terms of software development, uh, platforms that are available to teach foundational literacy and numeracy, it is always tailored towards teaching the learners how to read and write. But then how about teaching the teachers how to teach how to read and write. How to read and write. <laughs> <laughs> then you see that there is yeah. a gap that exists I see. over there. So we are we at EdTech West Africa are kind of like helping these EdTech uh, uh, companies to use that evidence that the main challenge we have is literacy and numeracy. Design interventions that are going to help us to be able to roll this out. Mm. Not only to the learners, but to prepare the teachers, the teachers to have that interaction well. with the learners. Because then if a teacher can interact with other <laughs> learners within the school, <laughs> really then, let's see the impact that, yeah. that that can be. So instead of focusing on how we can develop products that we can maybe sell to parents and then their, their learners, mm-hmm. let's look at developing teachers who then will have uh, that or that capacity to deliver their learning to their to the, to the learners. See, that's, 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 that's very striking. Ida? Okay, so um, I'm glad Noble is working with the teachers. I focus more on students, so I'm more biased <laughs> towards um, the students. And at CTN Technologies, beyond the training, our focus is to raise problem solvers and innovators. Mm. And that's what we plan to do. Okay. Um, 
So what void are we filling? So with the work we do, there are two parts, right? There's innovations and conversations. The same way we are having this educational conversation, we also have conversations with leaders in the tech space, with leaders in innovative entrepreneurial space, just to inspire the next generation of young people so that they can become the leaders of tomorrow. That's one of the things we do. And then in terms of the training, we don't just train people with the skills. We we have idea songs where they can come up with ideas, mm -hmm. you know, that solve actual problems in the society. Sometimes you run through school well and, it's, and it's all about gaining knowledge, memorizing, passing yeah, exams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody's <laughs> hammering the fact that the knowledge is for an expected end. Yes. The knowledge is the for knowledge to stop a problem. problem. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. And that is what we are actually hammering when you come to CTN Technologies. Um, I'm currently with the UNICEF Startup Lab and we are building a virtual learning platform as well. So beyond the in-person training tool, we are trying to go global, right? We are trying to get these practical STEM lessons to everybody, no matter where you are in the world, you have access to this knowledge, access to this skill, and then you can develop yourself. So that's what we mm. are doing as well. Wonderful. That's great. That, that's that's yeah. great. Sam, you are the policy person here. Yeah. Do we have policies around EdTech? That support the introduction and implementation um, of yeah. the solid literacy programs. Can I speak to you? You want to jump on that? Yeah, no, no. The, the, the very first um, conversation, the one mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. um, Nobel and yes. has spoken yes, to. Yes, yes, um, Concerning uh, what their yes, respective yes, entities yes. are doing. I, I want to I make it quick because Nobel talked about teachers, uh, Ida talked about students. Students. Um, we are also focused on the policy makers. Policy makers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I wanted to talk you through a bit. The three legged team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be missing that if I don't talk about yes, that. Yes, so I'll right. come back to your substantive question. Yeah. But then um, on the policy side of things, so you've ever been in a class, example, in economics class, where one teacher is teaching like 300 students, right? Mm -hmm. There isn't a balance when it comes to student-teacher ratio. And um, that's what my organization saw as a major problem and then try to use technology to solve it. But before that, we did a research in collaboration with the Ghana Tertiary Education Council, um, Association of African University, and the Population Reference Bureau. And then this research came out to say that, you know, in order to achieve the student-teacher ratio that mm -hmm. we uh, have in our universities, universities, government universities will need to recruit like a double of what we have currently. Uh, in terms in, of teachers. Exactly, okay. in terms of teachers, in order to have a balance when it comes to student-teacher ratio. And um, the second phase of this project had led to the development of what we call the faculty planning tool. So this is a tool that collect data on, t on faculty members, like teachers in the university and students, and then do an analysis uh, in, in with this data and then inform the government. Okay, so we need, let's say, 500 um, faculty members when it comes to sciences. We need 1,000 when it comes to social sciences. We need this when it comes to medicine and all okay. that. So that is what my organization is doing. Now back to your substantive question regarding policies, policies around, around ETEC, ETEC, whether, yes. whether those policies are there exist or not you know so i would say yes there are policies around education technology in ghana okay and um as at this point we have two key policies within the education sector mm -hmm. and these policies uh, these policies are the ict for accelerated development policy which was developed in 20 uh 2003 so okay. now if you say 20 <laughs> i mean add another 20 yeah. <laughs> yes um and then the second one was developed and so it was developed in 2003 yes and that's, this that's 20 years ago exactly okay. and this policy serves as a bedrock when it comes to technology usage uh in all sectors so this policy aimed at improving 40, um 14 sectors of our economy <laughs> which education is included like health a great yeah. and all that so that is why it's like the mother you know policy when it comes to uh, technology in Ghana and not only in education 
The second policy is focused on education, which is the ICT education policy. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was developed in 2015. Okay. The policy provides guidelines uh, on the implementation of ICT or the integration of educational technology uh, in our classroom and focus on seven key areas. Um, education management, capacity building, like um, Noble is talking about, infrastructure and e-learning, uh, coordination of ICT, uh, content development, as well as technical uh, support and m and &E. There are other policies that do not sit within the education sector or education space. Um, an example of such policy is the uh, the cybersecurity uh, policy, which was developed in 2014 by the Ministry of Communication. Yeah. So these are the key policies that drives um, technology uh, integration in education and in other sectors. Yeah, mm, wonderful. Uh, you're still listening to Etec Monday mm. on City 97.3 FM. It's the April edition, and today we are talking digital literacy. Digital literacy been a crucial component of 21st century skills and i have ida padikor nate who's ceo and co-founder of city and technologies i've, I've got noble selom j who is co-director of edtech west africa and i have someone yakuin japan senior research and evaluation manager with the education sub-saharan africa all right, like we always do every month, there's always a part where we get to listen to some very important stakeholders. Today, we'll listen to Elena, Elena, and that Elena is talking about tools and methods to, you know, the Elena is being asked what tools and methods they use at home or school to help improve their literacy and numeracy skills. And they're also being asked how they envision education in the future and how they are preparing for these new ways of learning. Considering the methods, we as students mostly use audio learning, video learning, and kinesthetic learning. So video learning as in, we mostly go to YouTube or other, other websites in which we can see the classes being taken in person. And also, concerning the audio learning, we mostly, as we read the, te the online textbooks, we also include the, the audio aids in order to enhance our learning. Kinesthetic learning is more of like an on-hand experience. Whereas in you are in a chemistry class, you can be able to witness and see the chemistry apparatus as you learn with it. So for the future, I think education will be centered upon problem-solving techniques and also it will be technologically drived. So in a sense, students will not only learn about what the courses are, but also in ways that they can solve it. Students will learn the reason why they were studying the Pythagorean theory, why they are studying the, the necessity of atoms in our everyday lives. To prepare for this new advanced form of learning, we as ISN students have incorporated e-learning techniques and materials into our everyday schooling activities. So during the long breaks, students are engaged in schooling activities with the use of Khan Academy, Zoom, Google Classroom and others. Through it, they can, through it, they can engage in learning and other forms of studying without being on campus. So that was a usual vox pop of Elena, just you know, detailing their own experience about what they use at home or school to improve their literacy and numeracy skills, how they envision education in the future, and how they are getting ready for the new ways of learning. 
if there's anything I can say is that 2020 was it, it was as though the year 2020 was like a, a seminal point this watershed moment where now everything's changed and we are doing work from home more zoom more skype more microsoft teams and now people are learning via all those methods anyway let me welcome back my guest uh, guys you heard alena very interesting thoughts from alena there so let me ask uh, let me ask everybody here uh, let me start with you noble what are your suggestions right on leveling the digital literacy playing field giving the fragmented learning populations with varying learning outcomes and the milestones in ghana what what really can we do to make sure that we have a level playing field right um earlier my submission i made mention of um where we currently are in terms of our strengths mm-hmm. many students are using mobile te- uh, mobile phones teachers are, are doing that what do we do to make sure that as much as possible a lot of these students more have this too so that then we can start our interventions from that area the government should work with um, agencies that uh, have these technologies mm-hmm. like um, itel um, techno mm. my, uh, microsoft and all these people to as much as possible subsidize the price of these devices so mm. that then these devices can be sent to schools now we currently know that um, at the senior high school level we have about 738 senior high schools um, i'm not sure of the figure but around that figure it's going to be very difficult for government for them to deploy let's say ict labs across all these schools but what is possible is to be able to establish like ict centers um, that have at least internet connectivity then, okay. then every learner every community is able to have that opportunity to at least have some interaction with computers mm. but it, it, i mean okay you finish I, when you said that something came to my you finish and i'll ask right. you a question then next is also to like to sell set like a fertile ground for um, organizations like city and technologies to be able to operate um, platforms like um, opportunities for events that enable government agencies like the ges um, the stem uh, leading uh, agencies on stem to yeah. be able to interact with companies like um, city, city and technologies because uh, then they are mm. actually implementing programs that are working they've seen the impact that is making they've had um, people go through their programs and are now making strides in their industries and all that then so then these people have relevant inputs and learnings that can then be applied into uh, uh, the, the space so you look at stem stem centers for instance that is happening now the question then is how is government collaborating with these private entities for them to make sure that like their curriculum and even the projects that their students are embarking mm-hmm. on are relevant in terms of the industry in terms of the research that currently exists yeah so that's what we should do subsidize uh, mm-hmm. provide ICT centers and then collab- uh, collaborate with okay. private entities. You, you mentioned, you, you said ICT centers, not not labs. So so quickly, what jumps at me is that probably they are bigger than your standard computer lab grade. Yeah, and then, so, so, so for example, I'm, I'm just thinking about where would you cite this? Would you place this in every school or you place it at a place where two, three schools can have access to such a place, that, 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 that kind of thing? Yes. So we could talk about um, instead of citing these places, uh, this, this uh, centers in schools, we could talk about um, districts. I see. Districts wise. Now, the whole idea is not that it can be established across all districts in the country uh, as stats. But then when we start these innovations, it's going to open up opportunities for investors mm-hmm. to want to mm-hmm. see that one we are trying to build a workforce that are uh, technology focused mm-hmm. it provides that opportunity for 
investors to come in and then say, okay, we see you are doing this, it is good, and then we provide the support. Now, when the support is coming, if there are there is good partnership between private and public entities, then you see that that support is like is directed in is, is in one direction. Yeah. It's not like private companies are doing one thing, and of course they they have the strength, the capacity to pull mm-hmm. that off as private mm-hmm. entities yeah. because then there's no hindrance in terms of policy and and and, and change of government and all that, right? Then if there is that kind of synergy, if, if investors see that kind of synergy between private and public agencies, then they now see, okay, this is a fatal place. They, these are people who know where they are going. It's not like government has their curriculum on STEM and then what they are doing in that curriculum is different from what uh, city and technologists who are known in, in terms of uh, STEM and STEM, uh, yeah. training and robotics and all that and um, drones technology and all that. So then when there's that kind of synergy and oneness in terms of where we want to get to as a country, then investors are ready to come mm. in and then bring their money here. Wonderful. Aida? Okay. I love the talk on the synergy, you know, connecting the two parties, the public sector, the mm-hmm. private sector. I would also say that um, there should be more incentives for the private sector mm-hmm. because a lot of work needs to be done. I'm talking about the telcos now. A lot of work needs to be done when it comes to internet infrastructure. Like, there's such a huge gap. And without making strides, we can't really move forward. I can't go to a community and teach them if they don't have internet access, you know. So I would I also talk about the marginalized people, um, people who don't necessarily speak English, so informal sector mm. people. Okay. We should find out ways in which we can have multilingual ways of getting them um, digitally literate. Okay. I know people have yeah. interventions like that where they teach people how to use computers in their local dialect. I haven't experienced, I'm not too sure how it works, but I think we should look for more um, interventions like that so that we can bring more people on board. Another marginal, marginalized group is um, people with special needs. Yeah. I spoke yeah, about yeah, yeah. Tekera. So more interventions like that should be encouraged. They shouldn't be left behind because there are people with special needs who are... Um, what do you call it? They have jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this guy, I've forgotten his company, but then he has people who do interpretation and all of that, and they are making money from it. There are people who are even making shoes and all of that. We can't mm-hmm. just leave them behind because they are disabled, right? We need to bring everybody on board. They should be able to communicate with clients, have their companies on social media and all of that, and also women. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it I'll be sure if you don't bring yeah, your thing. It, it is important. You know, it is important. Even the discussion, I'm the only lady here, right? So we need to. So we need a lot of a lot of you, yeah, women. Yes, a women lot of you in this space. In this space, ed tech and technology. I'm I'm glad exactly. that I chose the STEM path, but we need to encourage more ladies in this space because sometimes it's lonely, right? Mm. <laughs> don't you think? You think I, and I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now mm-hmm. this might be a little off script, but don't you think mm-hmm. that? Because the basis of all of this, yeah, two I think two parts of of this this STEM thing, two parts scare a lot of people: exactly. the science part mm-hmm. and the math part. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Okay. So I feel personally, I just think that if we can demystify those two mm. things, mm. I think we are we are on a good leg. Yeah, and also in terms of that, sometimes all you need is a support system. Exactly. I've heard many stories about um, young ladies who were encouraged that, look, you can do this, you can learn the math, mm-hmm. and they came top of their classes. So I feel like there's not enough of us out there encouraging other mm-hmm. girls to come into the space. Well, well, it's true. tough for both sides. For the males, it's tough. Engineering is tough for boys and girls. But if there's a support system, if I know that, oh, Ida has done it, I can do it. Ida talks to me. Ida tells me that I go about it this way. I would be encouraged to keep pushing mm. right and we'll get mm. more girls into the space so more girls more support system more incentives for them sometimes so i realize that when there's a cohort of all females they learn to encourage themselves 
So more of such interventions should be encouraged mm. to okay. bring in more girls. Thank you. I say they should teach yeah. the math better. So then you see the conversation comes but, back but to if you have a dream. Yeah, that's it. You see, because I feel I'm that you see. Math teacher, I think. Yeah. How many people <laughs> in Ghana you say that they had good math? For a lot of people, exactly. the initial interaction with math just killed whatever interest they may that's have true. had. And the point is, the math will live with you your whole life. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, see, so life. I feel that once. People, once you can't crack that mystery very early, you put people off. Many, many, look, I know people who in their 30s look at math and say, ah, wait a minute. So if I was taught math like this, like this. I would probably understand exactly. better. Anyway, Sam, that's, that's, yeah. just, that's my own thing. <laughs> it's the way it's being taught. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's, that's what I Anyway, Sam, yeah. Um, for me, you know, speaking last, is always like, oh, they are like hardcore practitioners you are exactly. the policy, the policy. Person, so yes. um like you said i'll take it from the policy point of view um so if you pick the the ict for you know education policy one of the key aspects that it lacks is um it's accommodating new technology and um i'll use the mobile phones as an example okay where you know Lots of people have smartphones in Ghana, mm-hmm. but then yes, there are schools are not accommodating the youth. Yeah, the secondary school is outlawed. Exactly, it's outlawed, <laughs> right? So these are things that should be reconsidered. And even if not student, I think um, teachers could use it for their professional development uh, and what have you. When you come to the senior, um, the tertiary level, there is the you know the introduction of AI. Which is something that is also a major issue, yeah. and um, I know some universities Artificial are kicking intelligence, exactly yeah. are kicking. Example, the uh, ChatGPT. So <laughs> it tells us that yeah, day in and day out, new technologies are coming, and our policies should be adjusted to accommodate these technologies. Mm. Um, having ChatGPT means that if you give a student assignment, it's, it's quite very easy. likely you're going to type it exactly. In. Yeah, yeah, but then we should look at the aspect of practicality. How do you practicalize our teaching and learning? How do you practicalize our assessments and all that? So these are things that should be considered uh, in our schools and not um, shy away from the development and improvement when it comes to technology. Mm. My second issue will have to also touch on what um, Ida talked yeah. about, which is the localization of our content. Yeah. So you go on YouTube and what's the most watched video? Shark, baby shark or something, <laughs> baby yeah? Baby shark. But this is... <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, shark, do, 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 do. You know, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as far well as a this <laughs> children's party was the number one song. <laughs> but anyway, they seem to you like know, baby Imagine shark. our children are listening to something local and we have a baby shark version uh, on YouTube and yeah. explain or even Ghanaian stories. Ghanaian stories, yeah. yes. So we should localize our our, our, our content. Lots of research is talking about decolonization of the curriculum and all that. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to technology as well, we should decolonize the technology that we use. Um, it would be great if children are learning about Kwame Nkrumah, learning about our great leaders and all that, and not learn about Queen Elizabeth and then Prince Charles and all those people uh, in there. This um, development uh, in our content should also, or the technology that we use in our school, should be aligned with our curriculum. So that is the basis for the development, Mm. uh, or that should be the basis for the development of our uh, technical or uh, ed tech uh, content in education. Um, I I will finalize or finish this on having a targeted intervention. And this should be based on evidence and data. So you know where I'm coming from. I'm a researcher. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah. It's important that all our 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 policies 
are being um, data-driven or evidence-driven. So imagine we have um, one laptop per child, yeah. right? And we go and give it to a child who is in, you know, Fabodeba to Michok. There is no electricity. Yeah. Um, they don't even have internet exactly. access. They don't have internet. With the internet access, I think there are solutions like the iBox the where I box, okay. you don't need internet to access But say they don't have electricity, exactly. for example. Yeah. How do you charge the phone? And even when you go to classes, are there computer labs? You know, sad to say, but then we have children who still sit under trees to learn and all that. Mm. So our policies should be targeted. And I'm not only talking about rural folks. It should be targeted when it comes to women, like um, Ida talked mm -hmm, about. Mm -hmm. It should be targeted when it comes to people with disability. Mm. Uh, those with special needs. Exactly, those with special needs. Apart from a cropon, where do we have where people who are blind could assess technology in their classroom or in the universities where I know there are computer labs made up for them. But when it comes to the primary, um, secondary level, do we have this infrastructure? So in thinking about all these integration and all that, we should think about having a targeted policy. Thank you mm. very much, Nathan. Great. All right, final question to Ida and, and Noble. I, I, Sam, if you have something to say, you sure, can add that. Sure. So, so let's, let's, let's just wrap it up. Um, there are a couple of questions, though. I'll see if I can if I can get some answers from, from you. Now, what kind of support is required from the various stakeholders to enable your the organizations you work for and run to reach out to more young learners? What kind of support do you think you need so you can reach more people and teach them the gospel of tech? <laughs> so, um, I know it's, it's a bit cliche when people always talk about they need some financing, they need some yeah, grants yeah, and everything, but actually it's, it's something... Cash yes. rules everything. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, you know, speak without mentioning that um, I think more um, programs should be made available so that startups like myself can access grants, can access some form of support, because mm -hmm. without the resources, we cannot teach. Right, the 3D printers are expensive, the drones are expensive. We need to, we've been bootstrapping for some time, even though we've had some help from here and there. But we need more support when okay. it comes to financing, when it comes to getting resources to have these training programs. And then I'll talk about policy makers. Sounds You know, taxes for startups. You know, yeah. sometimes I think there should be more policy intervention when it comes to taxes for mm. startups and a support system, you know, for us as young people. I'm less, I'm below 30, right? And I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to make impact. You should be yeah. supporting me. I'm not trying to <laughs> take all my money. So I think like policy makers should look at how they can support young startups mm. in edtech in any field so that we can more people can be encouraged yeah. you know to come into the space um but else there should be training mm. so if you realize that there's talent here you know either is doing something or somebody else is doing something amazing how do we train them on the global market so that they can impact or improve their business there should be some form of training or mentorship for us so that we can grow because sometimes you know, taking up this role, being audacious enough to start a business is not that easy. Mm. You know, there are challenges you face, there's mm. um, expertise you need, there's advice you need somewhere along the way. And I think all these things are really you know, necessary and essential for us as young startups in the ed tech mm. sector. Great. Yeah. No. You're right. Um, just to add to what she said, I think I want to also agree with her at the part of the funding. Yeah. Right. It's money, very, money. Yes, <laughs> money is important. Yeah, money important. is important. Yeah. important. And earlier also mentioned um, how to leverage uh, partnerships with the government in terms of on the policy aspect as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to talk about is parents and then learners. Parents and, and learners. learners. Yeah. Yes, because I, I'm from the tech perspective because p 
people develop products, tech offerings that are targeted as helping learners. <laughs> it's difficult to actually get learners committed to using tech products if you don't get the support <laughs> yeah, of parents. Yeah. And of course, I understand that in Ghana, because of how our family dispensations are, many parents are probably not interested in their learners' uh, their, their children's learning yeah. except in cases where maybe they fill the BEC then mm. they realize oh my, my child has failed mm-hmm. and I will need to go and enroll them in remedial school yeah. or they, they complete um, afterwards see they fail then the parents are now interested I think parents should be interested in the development of their children right from the start the very basic school mm-hmm. changes uh, class 1 to class 3 and that is the time you should give them an opportunity to interact with EdTech products. I see. To develop mm. But but, but that will require that the parents themselves are not, they are not green in that area. Yes. You know, the kind of support that comes from parents to children is not technical. I see. But when a, a learner sees that their parents give them the opportunity to use their devices to interact with their phone, mm-hmm. their children are already interested in interacting with their phone. But if the, the condition is that once you are learning on this app, I can give you the phone. Even yeah. though it gives them extended benefits of having to watch videos on their own, they are they know that okay, I'm using my mom's phone. Once I watch, she's going to check on me. What am I doing with the phone within the time with the phone is with me? So then, with time, even though what would have been the natural case was that they are not interacting with the app in any way. Okay. Uh-huh. So parents should support their children to use phone. They, they shouldn't prevent them from using, but then they should guide them. They should guide as them, to yeah. how they should use, it. and they shouldn't yeah. just leave them. Um, to like just entire products in the way they want they should it should be tailored parents should be of course when edtech offerings come around they try to find ways to explain to parents how this can benefit yeah, their children yeah, instead of us just thinking that oh, these people are just there to, to take my money which would be really <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah of course because sometimes yeah. then you develop a nice edtech product that is going to help learners to so there are many of them that have come go to the eastern region for instance so who um thereof you see that there are inter- some of them have come and they're able to teach learners within six months how to read and this is a big challenge people how to how read. to read Amazing. then you see people like this because of funding have withdrawn over the years right yeah. what or a lack product? of funding for the lack of funding yeah. now so then this is where government has to come in like to provide some form of support for this ethic distance uh, to go out teachers were interacted with teachers were using this product in those districts mm. but because funding was withdrawn for that particular project the project is not able to move forward then we go after two years five years six years we come back and we still say that we are faced with challenge of reading and writing and like like Ida <laughs> said there's someone who is young being innovative bringing such a product which is making big big this thing you don't support the person now. The person takes their product to scale, goes to other countries and scale. And then yeah. Then yeah. you see that opportunities are rather leaving the shores of, of Ghana. So mm-hmm. I think these are the things that we need to do Wonderful. in promoting Wonderful. this. Sam, you want to give us... Yes, yes. Fa- fa- I'll, fa- I'll be very snappy because I know the time is <laughs> yeah. fast spent. Um, for, for, for me or for my organization, I think the major problem uh, is data. Data. So, um, yeah, finance, funding and all that. But... Yeah. Data is key to the work we do in order to inform policymakers yeah. on what to do. Uh, and data to analyze and interpret. Exactly. Imagine making a policy um, that is popularly based on political gimmicks. It means you are making the policy in the dark. So if there is the data backing um, the kind of policy that um, politicians make or kind of policies or programs that NGOs undertake or at the school level, mm-hmm. You know, it leads to some particular outcomes that have been predetermined or have been run through a rigorous data set. And then we know that this evidence 
or when we do A or we do A plus B, it will earn us to C. So that is what we would want to have. Uh, there's a need to unlock education data. Mm -hmm. Great. So um, there is a lot of data that's sitting on, you know, researchers' laptops and all that. And NGOs have done loads of, um, 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 how do you call private it? IP, research. Uh, yeah. Private research. Exactly, private <laughs> research. Yeah. And it's sitting on their, their, their data set. The Ghana Statistical Service is doing a great job yeah. um, since uh, Professor Nini oh, yeah, joined. They, 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 yes. are, they, are, they are doing and great work. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of data that they are sharing. But we think they could do more, uh, particularly in the education space. Yes, they are doing more when it comes to inflation analysis and then uh, all these uh, giving us quarterly reports. But when it comes to education space, it would be great to have a lot of data where we can analyze and then inform decision and policy making. Thank mm. you. There's a question here. I think this, I think Novo can best answer this one. Uh, what are some of the edtech tools that teachers can use to facilitate teaching and learning? Um, would you want to give an answer? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to talk of uh, edtech tools that are available, so there are homegrown solutions in Ghana. And I see. Then, so I'll, I'm going to talk generally about the ones that are currently spanning and people can actually leverage. Google Classroom is the basic one. Okay. It's a very everybody can access everybody Google, can access Google, Google Classroom Google Classroom because then everybody has a Gmail account. So Google Classroom is a very That's powerful okay. tool that right. people can use to to leverage teaching and learning. Mm. And I think most recently, um, with the partnership with uh, with the Ghana Library Authority, Coursera, Coursera, uh, the Ghana Library mm. Authority has been offering lots and lots of scholarship to young people to go on to Coursera. When if you if you know Coursera, it it's has about one point eight yeah. million yeah, yeah. courses learning, training please. people in several digital skill areas, even in STEM, in STEM related areas. So Coursera is another one. So Great. you go to a Ghana Library Authority website, you check out their common uh, world of learning scholarship mm. is 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 a tool. Mm. So these are the two I can mention for now. We okay. have Udemy and all those you know, ones that are Udemy. always available. Yeah. Thank you so so much. It's been an enlightening conversation. We're talking digital literacy, crucial component of 21st century skills. I had Ida Padikornate, CEO and co-founder of CTN Technologies. I also had Noble Selom J. He's a co-director for EdTech West Africa. And I had someone Nyako A Japan, senior research and evaluation manager, education, Sub-Saharan Africa. Many, many thanks for listening. My name is Nathan Kwao. I moderated the session for April of EdTech Monday. Now, EdTech Monday, for those who do not know, is a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. And is an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation's Regional Center for Innovation, Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT. It airs every last Monday of every month on the City Breakfast Show. You can watch live on Facebook, Varsity FM, and on uh, Mest Africa's Facebook page. Just before I wrap it up, are you looking for a career in business analytics? Build your business analysis skills, get the business analysis certification, and be sure to capitalize on the high demand across industries. Don't wait. Enroll today and take your first step towards a brighter future with an II. BA Business Analysis Certification. Call the Center for Business Analysis on 0246-809-200 or visit their website, centerforanalytics.com. Many, many thanks for listening. This has been today's edition of the City Breakfast Show. My name is Nathan Kwao. I sat in and I've your regular host. Fred Jabano produced the show. Godfrey Dodum gave us help on 
technical. Let's get into the news at 10. How I is here with all the details. Good morning, Nathan. Coming up, Professor Frimpong Boateng hits back at Gabi Asario Chirakong over his response to his Galamzi report. And later, Food and Drugs Authority to go after persons bringing in unauthorized drugs onto the Ghanaian market. Details of our stories now. Former chairman of the Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, Professor Kabna Frimpong-Boatin has taken a dig at Gabi Asario Chudako, a leading member of the NPP, following the latter's response to his report on illegal mining, also known as Galamsey in the country. Mr. Frimpong Boatin accused Mr. Ochredako of interfering in his Galamse fight, a claim the NPP stalwart in an exclusive interview with City News denied. Responding to Mr. Ochredako in a statement, Professor Frimpong Boatin said the claims he made in the interview are laughable. He also accused Mr. Ochredako of pixelated view of the illegal mining landscape in the country. Meanwhile, the office of the president has denied claims made by the former chairperson of the Israel Interpol on illegal mining in the country, saying they are just hearsay. According to the presidency, the claims by the former were not backed with any evidence. The reports authored in March 2021 and handed over to the chief of staff mentioned dozens of persons in the Kufuado government accused of either being engaged in Galamse or interfered in the work of of the committee, but the presidency in a statement tagged the document has not been an official report before cabinet as it was submitted in an informal way. Now, the Food and Drugs Authority FDA has launched a full scale investigation into the circumstances under which some unregistered.